Blog Talk Radio. Come on, party people, get down, get in the groove. Come on, party people, get down, get in the groove. Come on, party people, get down, get in the groove. Burn, remix, up, go make your move. Ripping microphones is a habit, I got the fetish. Cooling in the crib with the brutes. Is that on the folks? Giving you something that you could bounce to. Surround sound, tailor made the triangle L-O-R-D to work. LORD with militia. Coming to get you a vivid 3D picture. D-I-D-E-V, Mr. Tan. Had my girl the mic, Miss Toy ripped the j- Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Hey, thank you. Uh, thanks a lot, Rob. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this extra special May 8th episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFP.com, live from the Gatorade Studios. Support for the show is also provided in part by Bridgestone Tire, who wants to make you uh, wants you to make the switch to DriveGuard. Change out your conventional tires to four DriveGuard run-flat tires before the end of the month and get $70 from Bridgestone. For more information, go to BridgestoneTire.com. That's Bridgestone Tire. Your Bridgestone journey starts here. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Grzak and Addicts hanging out tonight. I'm your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is, of course, the Dizzle Dave Gerzak. Tonight, we are back from the NFL Draft in Chicago, and we are covering the Genesis and Revelations drafts live, pick-by-pick tonight. You'll find out where Nelson Agolar, Agolar, or Aguilar is going. LeGarrette Blount, Tom Brady, Darren McFadden, all players that will get picked tonight. We'll find out where they go, and we'll bring it to you live. Uh, it's a real money draft tonight, Dave. It is a very exciting night for the high-stakes fantasy football community indeed, is it not? This is great, Balky. It's kickoff night. Darren Armani from FantasyMojo.com, of course, puts together the pros versus Joes every year. He said this is the official start to the draft season. I think for many high-stakes players out there, this is the start to the draft season. This is it. This is how we promote it to be, at least. This is what we pretend. Well, I don't even think it's a pretend thing. Maybe a, a, once upon a time it was a pretend thing, but not anymore. Uh, shout out to the chat room right now, ladies and gentlemen. Feel free to post any questions you have uh, for uh, any of the callers. Uh, we're going to get some of the players to call in tonight. You can post your questions there. Uh, if you want to connect with us on Twitter, at HSFFO or at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak, Facebook.com slash the High Stakes Fantasy Football. The FedEx inbox is highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. And for any of the players or anybody who wants to call in tonight, it's 347-426-3682, 347-GAME-OVA. We'll do our best to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails, and our fantasy feedback that's going to be going on throughout the show tonight. Two hours tonight, 120 minutes. Did you go to the bathroom beforehand? Uh, I did before I came to the Gatorade studio, so I'm good to go. Did you have Gatorade? I mean, I'm going to have to talk for a couple minutes. Did not have Gatorade. By the way, uh, someone's asking for a link. So if you have yes, a that was the next thing I was going to say. So the NFL has taken their their go, their YouTube channel back. I'm going to go off on that, but not tonight because we got a lot of show. The new link that you can watch these draft boards at. Right now we have the revelations up. We're going to be covering them first this year. Sort of a you know a, I don't know equal opportunity Genesis Revelations thing. We're covering them first. If you go to YouTube.com/slash High Stakes Fantasy Football. You will see the live link up there. That's youtube.com slash high stakes fantasy football. Dave, if you want to post that in the chat right now, that would be optimal. Go there. The first round is going on. We're going to get to that. Let's introduce the tonight's competitors. First, I want to get to the Revelations draft since we're covering them first. 
Uh, picking first tonight is the doctor, Brian Harwood. Tom Brady is innocent. Is his Steve Abrahamson is the team picking out of the two spot. His team name is James 22. Picking uh, out of the third spot, ironically named Team One, good friend of the show, Larry Jilton and Woody Woodruff. Straight Cash, Mike Static, and Matthew Stewart are out of the four spot. Jack Hahn, who we hung out with at the uh, draft in Chicago last weekend. Baldy Locks returns at number five. Number six is Kobe's Crew, owned by Kevin Bassaker. Sudden Birth, Hudson Kern Reeve Squad, picking out a seven. Another guy we watched the draft with in Chicago last weekend, Ron Meyer, two packer, picking eight. A uh, friend of the show, Todd Hunter, Tree Huggers at nine. Paul Lee's Lone Wolf at 10. Uh, Zeb Caps Team Brown at 11. And rounding things out, for the Revelations draft is Andrew Palermo with Seth's own dressing. So that's the uh, competitors tonight, ladies and gentlemen. And the first round is almost complete. How about we get some analysis, Dave? Let's go ahead, Balky. All right. So first off, uh, Dr. Harwood takes Jamal Charles. At no surprise there. I believe we talked on the show two weeks ago, and I said, who your number? who is your number one player? And you said Jamal Charles. So that was my little desperation. I hadn't prepared anything, but I'm like, yeah, you know, Charles, I guess. He's the centerpiece of the offense. Uh, Andy Reid loves him. He's got a ton of touches. He'll probably run him into the ground, and this will be his last year. Yep, uh, most definitely. <laughs> and then it'll be the rise of Nile in <laughs> yeah. 2016. Yeah. Um, or Nick Chubb, who knows. Uh, Eddie Lacy, a pick, in my opinion, for the number one overall spot, is going number two tonight to James 22. That, of course, is Steve Abrahamson. Solid pick for Lacy at number two. I got no problems with that. You know what? Lacy got a lot of points last year on receptions, and I'm just a little concerned that he's going to do the same thing this year. And I don't know. It's a, it's a, I think it's. A, I don't know if I would take him there. So, are you concerned the receptions are going to go down this year? He caught a huge percentage of them, and I think that they might drop a bit. I got you. So, okay. So you would not take him at two. I personally would not. I don't have. A, I mean, it's not a. But you a can bad make the time. argument. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. not a bad thing yeah. at all. I mean, it's an elite offense. He, you know, a guy like him, he could have sixteen to twenty touchdowns. It's possible. It's possible. With them, as many scores as they're going to have, and they run a quick offense, sure. Number three, Odell Beckham, another guy that I think is going to be going number one in a lot of drafts. Uh, Larry Jilton and Woody Woodruff, the Tennessee Rednecks, they changed their team. For, I think they signed up as, as, as the first team, so they just called themselves Team One. So now they're the Tennessee Rednecks, which actually is a lot better. Odell Beckham at three, first wide receiver off the board. Are, we, are you surprised that he's the first wide receiver off the board, or could you sort of see this coming the way that Beckham finished last season? I mean, I can see it. I can see where you pick that soon. I mean, he doesn't have the body of work that Antonio Brown or Des or Demarius have. Uh, so that's a, it is a concern because, you know, I, I mean, he did play fantastically well for that period of time. Um, you know, but every, you know, every once in a while, you go to the next season, all of a sudden it's just not there anymore. You know, not that he's going to lose his talents or skills, right? but just maybe the connection's not there. Maybe Eli gets hurt, you know, not playing as well. There's all these negative possibilities. Right. Um, negative. Not, not to be a down. Could be realistic, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. The thing is, when you have a season like Beckham's, I mean, it, it, how do you not regress to the mean a little bit? Yeah, I mean, you, invariably you kind of have to, and you can't do better. Um, but, you know, I, I, I can see the pick. I mean, I see it. Did we see the best 12-game stretch of Odell Beckham's career last season? I mean, I would <laughs> – it's definitely isn't possible. That, isn't that crazy to say? I mean, when you, just here's an example. Like Josh Gordon, he had that phenomenal, phenomenal year. He came – you know, he had the suspension, came back for just a few games, and he was just kind of average. Grand, he had a long layoff, but you know, things can change. Things can change. Antonio Brown was not going at the 104 last year in drafts. 
He went at the 104 tonight to straight cash homies. That's Mike Stadick and Matthew Stewart taking Brown there. I got no problems with Brown there. We said last season, um, you know, who is your number one receiver going into 2015? And I think we both said Brown, didn't we? I think we, I know I did. I don't think I did. Oh, who did you say? Like Dez or Demarius or something? Probably like Dez. That? Um, speak even, even though, you know, like Antonio Brown had so many catches. And he, I mean, Dez by comparison. I just think Dez doesn't get used properly, but now they've lost to Marco Murray. Maybe they'll find, try and leave, you know, focus on Dez. I mean, he's going to get a big contract. So, yeah, there's something to be said for that. Well, I mean, it's, I, I think, I the, hate the way they use that. I can't even get over how bad they, well, but I never mean, throw on the wide receiver screen. The guy's like huge. He's yeah. awesome in the open field. Throw that wide receiver screen like Steve Smith used to always get in Carolina. He'd be awesome at that. No, yeah. he's always running a deep route. Like, well, when you're uh, running DeMarco Murray 60 times a game, there's only so many passes to go around. Yeah, I guess. They just go deep. Demarius Thomas is the fifth pick to Jack Hahn tonight. Baldy Locks returns. Demarius Thomas at five, Dave, uh, you know, hold or not holding out, but he skipped the OTAs or, or whatever it was, um, you know, that, that uh, they were, you know, all the veterans were working on. He skipped it, wants a big time deal. I don't think that that's going to be an issue. If anything, could make him play a little bit better this year. I agree with you. I, I think he's going to probably get an extension. If he doesn't, he's still going to play. He's going to be great. Uh, you know, they lost Julius. Uh, so I think that there's a, those extra targets that, uh, to go around. I like Demarius a lot as a pick then. Are you bumping up um, Emmanuel Sanders on your draft boards as well this yeah. year because of yeah, missing Julius Thomas? Yeah, I mean, so who do they have? They have the un, unproven Virgil Green and Owen Daniels. Cody Latimer. Yeah. You're, you're, look, I know you own him in Carrington. Hey, whatever. I'm just saying. Pimp him up a little I bit. I casually just mentioned his name. What did Latimer do last year? Did he have two catches or three? He was concussed. Oh. Okay. Well, how long? Like two games? I, I don't know. <laughs> struggled to get on the field. I, honestly, he is, he's actually pretty, he's a good, he's someone you should trade to me. Maybe in I, I'm totally open to that. All right, you, talk. We'll talk off air about Rob Gronkowski slips to the one Oh six tonight, Dave. And I got to think, you know, in this tight end premium format, I got to think at least part of the reason that Gronkowski slips to one Oh six was because we don't know what's going to happen with Tom Brady with deflate game. <laughs> we initial reports, people were saying, ah, it's probably going to be one game, maybe two games. Now the I read tonight the Patriots are fearing it could be a six to eight game suspension. Should Jimmy Garoppolo is your quarterback leading into Halloween? I don't know how crazy I am about that. And obviously these revelations owners dinged him a little bit. Gronk goes at one hundred six. What's your opinion of him there? I mean, I love Gronk. I mean, I, I still think I, I I don't think Brady gets six to eight games. I mean, when Ray Rice is getting what he got, you know, Adrian Peterson lost his season but still got paid on the commissioner's exemplus. Right. You give this guy an eight game suspension and people are going to go crazy. They're going to think it's just ridiculous. So I think he gets two to four games at most. Um, you know, whether or not you believe the rules is ridiculous. I mean, he did break it, but you know, two to four games tops, maybe it's only one game. Maybe it's just a big fine. I mean, you, we don't know for sure what they're going to do. I just don't understand how the NFL suspends Ray Rice for two games after knowing he punched out his fiance and they're going to suspend Brady for one game for deflating yeah. a ball yeah. or two games. I mean, I, I don't, maybe one game. We'll see uh, what happens there. Speaking of suspensions, Le'Veon Bell at the 107 tonight to Kern Reeves sudden birth team, Dave. Le'Veon Bell going to miss uh, the first three games of the season. Is that correct? I can't, uh, yeah, three okay, games. three games. Suspension. So he misses the first three games. He, uh, Too much weed. Uh, yeah. Is that Sorry. legal in Denver? They wouldn't suspend him if he was playing for the Broncos? You know, let me, what? I was just wondering. I just let me, let me just get this off my chest. <laughs> There's an analyst out there that is saying that. Well, you know what? I'm not even going to say it. You know who it is. It's the guy I talk about all the time. Can you get rid of that thing? Oh, you know what? It's not even showing up. It's okay. not even, it's okay. That's fine. 
Um, it's not even, I I don't think it's showing up. This is my bad laptop that we're using. Um, I'll, I'll just say this. Yeah. Weed might be legal in Colorado, but when the employer that is paying you all this money says you can't smoke it or have it, you should probably be an adult and not have it on you and not smoke it. That's right. I don't think that that is asking too much. In fact, having it on you, not sure how much of an adult decision that is. I agree. All right. So Le'Veon Bell goes at the 107. Would you take him in the mid first round knowing he's going to miss the first three games of the season? Well, this is a 16 week season, um, you know, including the playoffs. But, but let me, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, it's, go ahead. it's an 11 week regular season. No, it's not. Not these. Oh, that's right. This, yeah, this is not a main event. So this is, well, this is a little bit longer. Season. It, but it's but, not even head to head, though, either. It's, point. it's total points and then it's head to head playoffs 14, 15, for, 16. Okay. But you, for the first 13 weeks, though, you're missing Le'Veon Bell three out of those 13. Correct. And, you know, the, you, you will have a substitute player, obviously, put in there. Um, D'Angelo? I, I, don't, I don't think it's a terrible pick. I think it's fine. But you wouldn't go, you wouldn't be down for taking him at the 107. I'd probably take him a little bit more than that. You know what? I'd totally take him at the 107. All right, okay. I don't get, I don't get, it was FFPC main event or football guys draft. I'd still do it. Wow. I wouldn't have a problem with it. I you think the one, Lavia. the 106 and the 107 picks in this draft, Gronk and Bell, I love both of them. I think that those are great picks. Right. Uh, your boy, Des Bryant, to two packer at the 108 as the fourth receiver off the board. Another solid pick there. Yeah, I mean, early in the draft, a lot of these picks, it's going to be hard to suck. Do you think that they, you know, quote unquote, use Des properly this year with no DeMarco Murray? I, you know, I said that they should. I really don't know if they will. I don't, I don't, I mean, there's no real reason for them, for them to, to change. change. Yeah. They've no, they've given no, they haven't said anything saying, oh, hey, we're going to, we're going to get Des more targets. We're going to really focus on him more. I want to ask you a question. You have to answer instantly. First, first word that comes, or if it's a number, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask somebody's age. Okay. You have to say the first name or number that comes to mind. Okay. Tony Romo. Uh, 34. He's 35. And you thought about it a little bit. I well, did I mean, not realize I, he was that old. You, I didn't, I thought he was much younger. I was thinking of Des, and then you said Tony Romo. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, let's see. Different. Are you comparing different him to Des? No, I was just like, I don't know. You have to actually think about the, the person and visualize them in your mind. Yeah. I, I guess doing a long analysis. Um, Triggers takes Adrian Peterson at the 109. That's another pick I can get on board with. There's a lot to be said. First of all, I think he's back with the Vikings. I think Ben Dogra, his his agent, is all but. I mean, he keeps twisting all these things around of whatever's happening with the situation makes it seem like what he and Adrian Peterson wanted all along. You know what I mean? First, we'll never play for this organization again. They're trading him. And then the Vikings are like, look, we're not trading him. He's playing for us or nobody. And Ben's like, Ben Dogger's like, you know what? This is the kind of commitment we were looking for. <laughs> you know, the fact that they won't trade him. We know how much, whatever. So anyway. It's like 12 million bucks. Do you want to get paid or not? Exactly. Adrian Peterson at the 109. I'm totally down for that pick. I think he's going to run angry this year. I think he's going to crush it with good weapons around him. I, I think that this is a great year to take Adrian Peterson. Well, then, I mean, there's there's still that, you know, let's just put it up in the chat room. Or Henry Mudo did. He goes, AP needs to get to Dallas. There's still a possibility mm-hmm. that he could get traded to Dallas. I mean, there's that little bonus upside possibility. Jerry Jones said today he is not ruling out a trade for a running back. I, I heard that. So, I mean, that's I mean that's still out there. I mean, maybe it's a 10% chance. But, hey, that's a little 10% bonus, baby, you got. So, I don't mind that pick at all. I like it. There was a Roto World blurb today that said the Cowboys believe that they essentially got three first-round picks in – you know, they signed Lyle Collins. Mm-hmm. Um, they draft Randy Gregory after he slipped to the second round. And then, of course, they got um, – who was the cat they got in the first round now? Why am I blanking on this? Uh, it was a defender, was it not? I don't know, man. Well, anyway, whoever they took in the first round was clearly a first-round pick. <laughs> right. Okay? So 
maybe they part with their 2016 first rounder. Maybe Minnesota takes that first round pick next year. Maybe Adrian Peterson's running behind the best offensive line in the NFL. If AP, I mean, if they can get a first round pick for AP, they should take it and, and be so happy. And I think Jerry Jones is nutty enough to trade it. I think you might be right. Well, we'll see what happens. By the way, how stupid are the 32 general managers in the NFL that no one took Collins and the sixth I, and seventh I, I wanted to talk to you about that. that is just I, the I could thing. not believe that. You're, was a punter drafted this year? I you mean, taken him instead of you're a not you're not going to take him in the seventh round um, when you could. I mean, people cut seventh round picks all the time in total the NFL. Fly. Yeah, I mean, just and you have the rights to him, and yeah. you don't have to pay him all this money. Yeah. And now he's getting a three year guaranteed deal from Dallas. I, I mean, that's a, I mean, it's a total cost benefit analysis. I, it's like, take what is your risk? What, I mean, really? And that and I think part of what we're not considering, what you and I don't have to deal with, is the PR backlash of taking a guy who. If he wasn't cleared, now all of a sudden you drafted this guy knowing that he he and, had all this. Yeah, and then he murdered somebody. Right, exactly. And I think that that I think was I, the Patriots should have taken. I would. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Seriously, what do they care. Yeah, they're like the they're like the East Coast Raiders. Uh, the villains of the NFL. You can make the case that they're worse. <laughs> That's honestly, true. Matt Forte goes to Lone Wolf at one ten. Solid pick there. I don't have anything really to say about that other than that nothing's really. Well, I shouldn't say nothing's changed. changed. Trustman is gone. The coup. But he was a top three pick last year. And now he's slipping to 110. I mean, yeah, there's receptions going to be that big of a deal? Yes, receptions are a big deal in no, PPR leagues. But you think he's going to lose that much that would dock him to the end of the first round? I think he will lose a significant amount of receptions, yes. I mean, Trustman throws was a very political answer all the time. Yeah. I think there's a um, a better chance than not that he loses. <laughs> more, more, more probable. It's more probable than not than that not. he loses uh, receptions. Uh, speaking of running back receptions or lack thereof, Marshawn Lynch at the 111 goes to Zeb Cap's Brown team. Lynch, uh, a guy that a lot of people had projected for a drop off last year, it didn't happen, and now he's back in the first round. Dave, I don't. Again, I I still have a problem with the running back not catching receptions um, that Lynch is you know shown a proclivity to not do. Um, I don't think I'd take him in the at the 111. But that said, if he's there to me at the 202, I mean. What's the difference, right? You might as well, you might as well get him there, especially if you don't think he's coming back around on the turn. Yeah, I have no problem with Lynch. I mean, I still wouldn't make. I don't know. You know, I, I think that I do think Seattle opens up the offense a little bit more. Russell Wilson's a, a year older. They got Tyler Lockett now. It's not that he's so so fantastic. I mean, he's still he is not. He's still a rookie, but um, I just I think that they might open it up just a tad bit more. Uh, let's talk about. You know, one of these years, Lynch is going to suck when we dog on him. We've been talking on him for like two or three years. That's and he's true. been awesome. That is true. Uh, team 12, Seth's own dressing. We'll, we'll kind of go back and, and analyze what these you know teams have now that we're entering the fourth round. Boy, we blab a lot that these we took us yeah. four rounds to talk right, about. Let's, let's go one round. Okay. Well, we don't have to go faster. I think we should let this breathe a little bit. So Seth's own dressing. This, of course, is Andrew Palermo's team. Goes a Shady McCoy in the first round. Okay. The, the new Buffalo Bill. Uh, new coach new scheme than what he played in last year. We haven't talked about Shady McCoy on this show a whole lot since he got traded. What's your opinion of taking him at the end of the first round? Because I think that's what I said where he should go earlier. I don't think my opinions changed much. Yeah, I like that pick. I mean, he could be a 300 carry back. Uh, Rex Ryan, it really looks like that's they're going to run the offense through Shady. Um, so I, I think that's a good pick. Comes back with Julio Jones at the 201. Travis Kelsey makes it all the way to the 312. Kelsey, Baby Gronk going in the third round. I really love the Julio pick. Bro. And and I then Jordan Jordan Matthews at the uh, 401. Talk a little bit about Julio. Well, I mean, Julio could do just as well as Demarius Thomas. You do just as well as Beckham or as Antonio Brown. And as, got, De as well as Des Bryant. Yes, and Des Bryant. I mean, he's 
you know, Roddy White's a year older. They don't have a good tight end. So it's it's all Julio. That's what their offense is running through. And as it, these games in that division are all shootouts. I mean, these guys, no one plays defense there. All they do is throw. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's all shootouts. What do you think about that uh, Jordan Matthews selection at 401 with uh, uh, Aguilar going to Philadelphia, playing the quote-unquote Macklin role in that mm-hmm. offense? What do you think with Jordan Matthews at 401? Well, I mean, the question is Bradford. I mean, if, if you think Bradford's going to actually stay healthy for longer than four or five games this year, and the way that they run the offense, they have so many plays. Matthews uh, showed promise. He had 747 receiving yards, I think, last year, seven touchdowns. Um, he definitely should actually do better. I would, I would think that he would – get 75 85 catches and i think it's you know i think it's a solid pick with some upside um i, I think what i think is going to be interesting with matthews and, and aguilar this year as we get closer to the main event how close their their adps tighten up because i think the distance between those two what you know whether deserved or not i think is going to tighten it's going to shorten and those guys won't be picked uh as far away from each other as I believe that they will tonight, but that's another story. I mean, rookies, man, still, still a rookie. It's a, it's a rookie. Look what Jordan Matthews did as a rookie in that offense last year. Yeah, he was like a WR four. It's not that great. He was the twenty fifth receiver last year. Number twenty five with seven hundred and fifty seven yes. receiving yards. Yes, we looked at, we talked yeah, about this today. Sucks. That sucks. That does not suck. Seven hundred fifty seven receiving yards. That's not that good. As a, as the, as, as a borderline wide receiver too. Yeah, that's last I'm, year. I'm sorry, it just doesn't impress me. Okay, but I know. I mean, I get you. I got you. All right. I just uh, thought that I thought that the 25th best receiver would be better than that. Well, he did get a lot of touchdowns, which can be fluky. So there is something to be said for that. Also, some of those games, if you're playing a season long contest, he had some two, three touchdown huge games, and maybe you didn't even start. Them. What other contest is there to play other than season long? Exactly. And that's what I thought. All <laughs> right, Team Eleven, Zeb Caps Brown. He started off with Lynch. Goes with a couple of running backs right after that. DeMarco Murray goes at the 202. He takes Andre Ellington at the 311. And then Julian Edelman uh, slips to the 402. Are we seeing a bit of the Brady factor tonight? Are, are, are people a little gun shy and more so on Patriots than they would have been? Yeah, I think that's okay for Edelman. I don't, was he, is he normally going earlier? I don't know, man. He caught a ton of passes. Didn't he catch 100 passes? I think it was 100. I think he topped 100 in week 15 or week 16. Yeah, well. Um, <laughs> I, I, I can see what you're saying, but I don't, I don't think he was going to go in the early third or anything like that. Even if Brady was hundred percent non-deflatable. What do you make of us starting the draft with uh, those three running backs, Lynch, Murray, Ellington? I can see it. I mean, it's again, when you go with that many running backs, it gets a little bit tough on the wide receivers later on. Right. Uh, and you but go wide receivers so deep. It's deep, but I mean, yeah, as you can see though, it's deep, but I mean, as you go to wide receiver 25 and you only have 757 receiving yards, that kind of sucks. Yes, but he's still wide receiver 25. <laughs> uh, no, the point is made and taken. Lone Wolf at team 10, uh, team 10 that is Paul okay. Lee. All right, by the way, uh, Matthews at 872 yards last year, my mistake, and eight touchdowns. Yeah, ton of touchdowns. Even better. All right. All right. Now, now I get it. Lone Wolf, Paul Lee, Matt Forte at the 110, follows it up with Jordy Nelson at the 203, Mark Ingram goes at the 310 and then Greg Olson. I think that's a solid start right there. I like the Ingram pick. You know my proclivity to Mark Ingram this year, uh, even though I've hated on him in in years past, but I I kind of like him in the 3rd round this year. Uh and then to get uh, rock solid Greg Olson in the 4th round in a tight end premium format. Baby I'm bo- I'm on board. I like that team. Yeah, you know what I like about the team is it's it's not it's not trying to be fancy or pretentious taking rookies or right. anything like that. It's just all solid players. Yeah. So, sort of like the the chick that's in the bar that's like okay looking, <laughs> but she's more, more attractive one because she's attainable to you. 
You know what I mean? I think you're talking more about the the, the natural girl versus you know she doesn't need to wear a lot of makeup. Now that because those well yeah maybe in like, some cases she's, yeah you know, natural and cute yeah not like not the ten with the you know the fake boobies and the big blonde hair and all that stuff yeah well you get something against blondes uh, you know or something pro blonde <laughs> something <laughs> I, against uh, like fake, fake blonde hair sure tree huggers Todd I don't like, I don't like fake blonde hair uh no one does. Uh, tree, I don't know. I apologize if you do. Todd Hunter's tree huggers at team nine following up the Peterson pick. He takes Calvin and then Lamar Miller and my boy, Carlos Hyde. Really? Uh, uh, I mean, you look at his squad after Peterson, Calvin Johnson, a guy that you've loved over the years, Lamar Miller, who we both loved two years ago as the ascendant. And then Carlos Hyde, who I'm pretty much has set the record for most mentions uh on the show in 2015 so far thanks to him being on my dynasty squad are you a little surprised he slipped to the fourth round or do you think that's where he should be going given the defenses he's playing against this year and losing mike Ayupati to the cardinals i think that's about right for him i mean you know it's a little bit of a value actually i mean for a run-based offense like that even with all the troubles in the front office and the team overall uh you know losing their coach i think it's pretty good i mean there's no competition they brought it they signed that undrafted free agent um I think it was out of South Carolina. I forgot. Yeah, Mike Davis, but they Mike took Davis. him. They took him in the sixth round. I, oh, the sixth I round. Okay, yeah. I, I had him. I had him um, incorrectly marked down. And like, yeah, no, so another I mean, guy I like. Yeah, who had a terrible year last year, and he was awesome in 2013. That's right. And he was sort of out of shape at the combine. Hey, listen, we've all had bad days at our job <laughs> interviews, right? Yeah. You know. Look, at, I had a, I had a, I had a bad day at uh, Neiman Marcus, and now look where where I am. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I don't see him as competition, at least not this year. Uh, I would try and get. Uh, you know, a jahi for Lamar Miller at some later point for tree huggers. Well, please, sir, do not mention names of players that have not been taken. <laughs> 13th round. Dave, I want to ask you a personal question. If I could just get serious here for a moment. <laughs> Great. Do, do you like pass catchers? Uh, yeah, bulky, I do. Then you're going to love two Packers team. Look <laughs> at what he's got. He starts off with Des Bryant and then he follows it up with Randall Cobb, your boy, Brandon Cooks, and then Martellus Bennett. So let's just kind of unpack this a little bit. Cobb, fantastic season last year Packers paid him so you know they want to use him again uh this coming year good pick in the second round in my opinion Cooks was on pace for a crazy good year last year they jettisoned Jimmy Graham they jettisoned Kenny uh Stills and now Cooks looks to be the guy there in that offense Martellus Bennett too it's almost, it's almost unbelievable how many targets are gone that are not I mean like it's just, it's crazy. Like Cook should have 250 targets based on the math. Right, but they're probably going to be running the ball more this year, less, a, less passing intense. But then Martellus Bennett, no Brandon Marshall there this year, and you get a rookie receiver. So all of a sudden you get more targets going to Bennett this year. Uh, Two-packer, really good team. I agree, and the offenses are all really elite too. I mean, you have Dallas, you have uh, the Packers, then you have the Bears, and then you have the Saints. I mean, that, those are all good offenses. Moving on to sudden birth, this is Kern Reeve. Although his running backs are going to suck. Just, let's just well, wait. we'll see. We'll see. Oh, they'll suck. Mike Davis is still out there. <laughs> uh, sudden Bell, Le or sudden Bell, sudden birth takes Le'Veon Bell, Jimmy Graham, Calvin Benjamin, and Justin Forsett. Three guys that I don't think we were really fans of in in 2015, as as far as uh, his last three picks uh, in Graham, Benjamin, and Forsett. Do you think the arrival of Devin Funchess in Carolina is going to hurt Benjamin's numbers this year, or is that a little bit overblown? I don't think it really hurt him that much. I, you know, Benjamin's going to be a second-year player. I think Funches, even if you like him, you know, he's still a rookie. So I, I think that Benjamin's going to be the number one target, Greg Olson number two, and Funches number three. Although I will uh, point out that Funches had uh, supposedly in today's rookie minicamp, he was looking really good. 
He was. And you know what else is interesting is um, – Did I took him in Pirate Swag already? Oh, you did? Yeah. I didn't I, realize I, that. What you, I, what pick did you get him at? Uh, I took him at 201, so it was a little bit of a – Oh, good. A little high, actually. Well, that's the 15th overall pick, right? No, but yeah, he's been going like 16, 17, 18, yeah. 19, 20. But, yeah. We'll I'll, see what happens. I, I didn't mind. The thing I wanted to bring up was I tweeted about how – He's Don only 20, by the way. He's really young. Uh, yeah, he's super young. 6'4", 232, and 20. He went, terrible he went, quarterback player right. in Michigan. Anyway. Yes. And a bad toe. He does, yes, all <laughs> above dispute. Um, so I tweeted out the Dante Fowler injury that he tore his ACL today, which absolutely sucks. And then uh, Ryan Howell, Hawkeye Hellraisers, yep. uh, finger on the button, says that's not the only injury today. Devin Funches leaves practice, and uh, sports betting man chimes in like, where are you getting this? Like, where are your sources? And I'm yeah. telling you, Ryan Howell's a smart guy. It's how he wins all these dynasty leagues. Yeah. But he said he saw a picture of it. Like an hour or so ago, just leg cramps. So carted, it's all carted good. off. Carted off. Leg, leg cramps. Leg cramps. Yeah. So it was all good. <laughs> Phew. My heart skipped a beat. Paul. Well, yeah. I mean, I wasn't <laughs> setting you up for the big fall there. But back to this team, I actually love the four set pick in the fourth. I mean, with I was going to ask you about that. Town, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We have all these targets. You know, Flacco, Mister Deep Ball, and no Tory Smith. He's going to be popping off little dingers to right. four set. And, and, and no the, one like no one likes these old running backs like this, especially because right. he's a late emerging guy. I think four sets a great value at that spot. Talaferro. Did not really impress people last year. They did bring in your guy, Buck Allen, um, but I don't know how many you know snaps he's going to siphon away from Forsett. It because Forsett has such low mileage on his tires, you don't really need to like spell him or watch his you know touches as much as you would uh, a running back at his age that's been doing it for you know seven or eight years. And, you know, Forsett's just happy to be collecting a study a study paycheck. He's happy. He's a good Christian guy. Nice young man. Although he's a little oh, I'm sorry. If you're not back. Christian, you can't be good. Well, uh, that's kind of what I'm saying. Wow. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. But I mean, I actually, I follow the force on Twitter and he always has really positive things to say. So. I've noticed that too. I also follow him. Yeah. And you know what? Can I just say this? I'm a little sick of the positivity. You know, honestly, I'm a little sick of Twitter. I don't like how it's so negative. So I actually, when I actually see these positive things, I'm a little, I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, whatever. Uh, Jonathan Stewart, he grabs in the uh, fifth round there. Uh, Sounds like he's going to be the lead back for Carolina this year. They didn't do a whole lot. Uh, they got Cameron Artis Payne in the draft. I don't know how excited uh, Panthers fans are about that. To me, Stewart is, a, again, you can make the comp to Forsett, an older back that nobody really likks. Looked really good at the end of the last, good at the end of last season, and he really should finally possibly show some of the potential he's, you know, what people have been waiting for for years. Kobe's crew, that's uh, Kevin Bassaker at six, follows up his Gronk pick with Foster in the second. DeAndre Hopkins, Foster's real-life teammate in the third. Joyke Bell in the fourth. And Sammy Watkins in the fifth. So he gets both Clemson receivers from 2012, Dave, in Watkins and Hopkins. Um, what, you know, I own Joyke Bell and, and Blake Carrington. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not sure what the Lions are going to do there now that they have Abdullah. What do you make of that, Quick Bell in the mid fourth selection. I think it's a little risky pick because, like, you know, he's an older back. I mean, he is really, really well trusted, but you just don't know how good Abdullah is going to be. Abdullah didn't run the best forty time, but he ran he ran a better forty at his pro day. But he blew up the combine everywhere else. He's really well liked by a lot of analysts, uh, and they spent a pretty uh, pretty hefty pick on him. So I mean, he's going to play. So that, I have concerns about Joyke Bell, especially later in the season. I'm looking at the six running backs that were taken after Joyke Bell. And I want to retract that statement because there's a lot of risk with those six running backs out there. Actually, two of them I kind of like better than Bell. We'll get to them in a little bit. Well, I'll, we'll figure out if, if, if you can figure out.
talking about. Okay, <laughs> Baldy Locks returns, Jack Hahn at five. Demarius Thomas, AJ Green, Alshon Jeffrey in his first three picks. Wow, that is some that, dynamite. Are, that's a dynamite wide receiver core right there. That, that's sexy, yeah. A lot of targets, a lot of touchdowns there. And then he gets Giovanni Bernard and TJ Yeldon as his two running backs. I don't mind those. Actually. It's okay. <laughs> it's, I mean, like, the, the thing is. He's a pass catcher. That's a wild, I mean, right. have a wild card in Yeldon. It, well, and Yeldon too. I'm starting to warm up to him a little bit. I was first of all, I was I was kind of like when Jacksonville took him. Like, ah, he's Jacksonville. You know, they're they're going to be wallowed in mediocrity. I don't know if that line's going to open any holes. But Yeldon is a pretty skilled running back. I think to me, he kind of and I know running back is sort of the easiest position to um, adjust to from college to the NFL. But to me, he seems like he just looks like a why. I said this on our draft preview show. He just looks like a wise running back. He knows where the hole is going to be. He's patient enough to wait for it to open. And then he busts through it. He may not be the most electric running back out there, but you don't really need electricity in your running back. You need a guy that can be a little bit more than just an accumulator. And I think Yeldon is beyond an accumulator. Yeah. And he's going to start as a three down back. Plus I'm sure Jack Hunt knew, know, you know, figured this out. Losing Fowler means their defense is just a little bit worse. So now they might have to throw a little bit more. How much does that that <laughs> I you know I I'm just kidding, but you know Jacksonville traditionally has been this terrible offense. I do think they're on the upswing. I mean they they've invested in Bortles, they invested in Allen Robinson, Marquise Lee. Now they have Yeldon. I mean they really. I think this is the year they finally score 20 touchdowns. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Question in the chat room, sports betting man. Who falls off the cliff most this year? Frank Gore, Andre Johnson, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning. Guys in there. Um, man, I'm going to have to go with Andre Johnson. See, I would, the, he was two. I'm going to say Frank Gore. See, the re, I was going to say Gore, but then I realized that Frank Gore, he's like this, he's like timeless. I think he's, Andre Johnson's timeless. I don't think so. He looked bad last year. Frank Gore looked awesome last Listen, year. Listen, so. he looked like, he who was, was like throwing, awesome. who was throwing Andre Johnson the football last year? Huh? Who was throwing Andre Johnson the football last a year? A Harvard graduate who got a 50 on his Wonderlick. And he got a negative 50 on his <laughs> athletic performance. His QBR I mean, my God. <laughs> uh, so that's the thing. I just think like with him, with luck throwing to him this year, I think it's going to be a lot better for Andre Johnson. You're probably right. So. You're probably right. Well, I mean, but again, I think it is close, uh, you know, between the two because he is my number two. But I just think, Gore, how much, how much, I mean, the pounding that that guy has taken over his career, literally how much longer can you keep that up? I think this is the year. And plus Indianapolis, the running backs. When's the last time they had like somebody who could be a good running back between the tackles and accumulate um, yards? Yeah, boom, Heron. <laughs> I stand corrected. Yep. Okay, let's move on to straight cash homies. That's Mike Stadick and Matthew Stewart picking at four. Talked about them taking Brown in the first round, Antonio, that is. They take the first quarterback off the board, Dave, at the 209 and Andrew Luck, and they take the first rookie off the board at the 304 in Mr. Melvin Gordon. They weren't done taking rookie running backs there. They take Todd Gurley in the fourth round and get Brandon Marshall, the New York, the new New York Jets. So these guys at, play the dynasty? Who, who is the team again? So it's Luck at quarterback, Gordon and Gurley in no. the backfield, Antonio Brown, yeah, Brandon Marshall. team owners. Oh, Mike Stadick and Matthew Stewart. Do they play dynasty? I, th I, I, think, thought, they, I think they do. Yeah. I, thought, I thought they had at least one team. All right. I'm so, not sure. But so, Usually when, you know, usually the dynasty guys are taking all the rookies right away, even in redraft. I don't think I could take Gordon and Gurley in the third and fourth round. And I'll tell you what, I don't think I'd take Gurley in the fourth round. You know, I, I, I you know, you're going to lose those. Yeah. You know, I think you're going to lose six weeks. He might get popped then have a bye week. And then, and then there you go. Although there might, you know, if they take a certain other player or two that might ensure them, that's good. So. 
I well, I mean, here's the thing in in a, in a league like this where you look at the running backs that were selected after him, I think that if you are swinging for the fences, Gurley is the clear cleanup hitter on at the plate yeah. in the fourth round. So there is something to be said for that. I mean, if, they, if, they can, if they're contending and Gurley comes on, he could be awesome later in the year. But, I mean, he, you know, he's still he's not that far removed from the ACL. You get two steady eddies in the first two rounds and Antonio Brown and Andrew Luck. You know what you're going to get from them. And that's he could have the top wide receiver and he could have the top quarterback. So now it's time to – Play the lottery. Yeah. I'm not saying that got Gurley's a lottery pick, but I think he's a little bit riskier uh, than what you'd be accustomed to in the fourth round. Uh, Tennessee Rednecks, Larry Jilton and Woody Woodruff. What did they do after Odell Beckham? They take Mike Evans. So they, uh, you look at this team, Dave. Mike Evans, Jeremy Hill, Andre Johnson, Frank Gore. They take three guys in their sophomore season mm-hmm. in the NFL, and then Andre Johnson and Frank Gore, who are old enough to have sophomores in high school as their children. And then they just took uh, Nelson Aguilar, which hasn't been posted yet. Oh, it's not? Okay, so they take Aguilar at the, uh, what, what is that, the six six ten. So It's the something new, something old team. Yeah, it really is. I mean, there's there's nothing in the middle. There. Why don't you guys take someone that's in their prime, for God's sakes? So Hill, Hill and Gore, and then Beckham, Evans, Johnson, Aguilar. What do you what do you make of that squad? <laughs> First of all, let's talk about the Aguilar pick. Sure. So Aguilar goes at the 6'10". Volume. Jordan Matthews goes at the 401. That's almost... Three rounds difference. I honestly, truth be told, I thought Aguilar would go a little bit further uh, down the board than he went here. But I don't think that's a bad pick in the sixth round, given the Philadelphia offense. And I don't care who's throwing the football there. Sanchez, Bradford, whoever. Hey, I care. Mariota, whoever, (laughs) man. Mariota, when he gets traded. Jaworski, put Jaworski. I guarantee you he could sling 2,000 yards on that team right now. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's early. So, I mean, there's some risk there. But, I mean, it could pay off. If he's as good as they claim that he is, it's, he's still a rookie, though. It's, it's going to be tough to match that Macklin performance last year, even as a rookie, even if he's going to be better next year or the year after. You know, I'm just looking at this right now. I believe – no, he was not. I, I thought Aguilar was the first uh, rookie receiver. He was not. He was number two. Who was number one? We'll get to him in a little bit. Um, the team two, James 22, that's Steve Abrahamson's team. He took Eddie Lacy in the first round. Emmanuel Sanders, Dave, we talked about him earlier. He goes at the 211. I like him this year. I don't know if I like him 211, but that's – an interesting uh, selection there. Yeah, I mean, it seems a tad bit early, but I mean, he was really great last year. And you just have to hope Manning is back to his form from uh, you know 2013. I will say this about Emmanuel Sanders, and far be it for me to dog a guy on my dynasty team like, like Sanders is, but he was the 12th receiver off the board tonight. Yeah. Do you know where he finished among receivers last year? Seven. With Julius Thomas. By Seven. Way. Higher. Like higher, like. Like better. Oh, so that's lower. Lower. <laughs> Five. He was fifth. He was the fifth wide receiver last year. Uh, so I mean, you're you're hard to rip on a pick. Yeah, it's that you of, yeah. you're getting the number five receiver last year, and what's changed in offense? Oh, they lost their second best pass catcher. Yeah, more targets. For yeah. Sanders. So I think there's something to be said for that. Uh, his teammate C.J. Anderson goes to the doctor at uh, that's Doctor Harwood at the two twelve Doctor of Fantasy Football. In case you're wondering what he is a what his PhD is in, so Harwood follows up his Jamal Charles selection with C.J. Anderson, T.Y. Hilton, Alfred Morris, Jordan Cameron, Antonio Gates, and Julius Thomas. That's right. Hell? He went three straight tight ends: Cameron, Gates, Thomas. So let's just unpack this a little bit. He's got one receiver on his team in the first seven rounds. I think that could come back to bite him a little bit. It could be tough. I mean, he's going to really need Gates to keep the fountain of youth going. He's going to need Julius Thomas uh, to really to play as well as he did on Denver, which is going to be tough on Jacksonville with Bortles throwing to him. 
And then Cameron in Miami, you don't know what his usage pattern is. I mean, I just think there's some risk to those tight end picks. I got to be honest. I, I do too. And we, we were big fans of the doctor here, but I will say this. Um, as far as the tight ends go, there's so many weapons in Miami now. There's Kenny Stills. There's Devontae Parker. There's Jarvis Landry. Uh, Lamar Miller and Jay Ajayi and uh, Greg Jennings. I mean, say what you will about the last two, but they're still there, okay? (laughs) You don't just go out and sign guys with no intention of ever getting them on the field. Uh, So I think there's something to be – and Cameron's had those concussion issues too. Let's not forget about that. Uh, Antonio Gates, I mean, whatever, in the sixth round, dude crushes it every year. He just wants to be involved in the red zone and third and sevens this year. That's perfect. The thing with Gates, though, is last year when you were drafting Gates, he was a value because everyone thought he was washed up. They're like Ladarius Green, that's it. Now this year, people are paying full price for a Gates that's a year older. To me, it's like now you're you're already paying full sticker for Gates. I don't want to pay full sticker for an old dude. I want to get a discount like Anquan Bolin will still get a discount. He'll probably come super cheap later. Uh, that's what I want. I don't want to pay full price for an old guy. I would question whether the six twelve for Gates in a in a one and a half point per catch league for tight ends. I question whether that's full price. For when him. was he? I mean, okay, in regular PPR last year, Gates was going in the fifteenth round, sixteenth round. So was I mean, he really going yeah, that late at, in Kentucky? I was getting him the thirteenth to sixteenth and seventeenth. Yeah, round. you know what? I and guess still in FFPC, okay. he was probably going in the tenth and eleventh. I think. I mean, people can you know can tell me that that's a mistake, but I think that's where he was going. I think he was going like late. He was going after Ladarius Green in a lot of drafts. But, okay. So this year, you know, six twelve, it's like you're paying for him. I think you're paying for him. I will say this: he is the seventh tight end off the board. I mean, that to me, that does not that doesn't strike me as anything egregious. No, it's, I mean, again, it's not like terrible or anything like that. But you're not catching a ton of upside on Gates. Uh, I'll tell you which pick I don't like: Julius Thomas, seven hundred one. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> I just, you know, Allen Robinson's there. Uh, they drafted a couple of linemen. They signed in a lineman. They draft Yeldon. Marquise Lee. And you st- Alan Hearns actually well, pretty good you, last year. You keep ringing the Marquise Lee bell. Hey, to- he's, he's a player. He's a player. He is a player. He's a player. <laughs> and that's where I'll, I mean, I'll, so I'll tell you what, if you, so if, if, listen, if you want to put any, you name your price on, I got five on it with Marquise Lee this year, and I'm probably going to take it. All right. Well, how many are? You're, you're we'll figure it out. We'll figure right. it out. Well, it doesn't have to be right now. Not that I love the guy or anything. I really, you could have fooled me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what pick I really liked um, from Dr. Howard. And this is one of the running backs. Remember I said earlier, I, I didn't know the, the six, first six running backs are taken after Joyke Bell. I didn't really like um, many of them that much, except for two. Alfred Morris is one. I actually really like that pick at the end of the fourth round to get him as your number three running back. Granted, I, you know, given his team construction, I probably would have taken a receiver, but there is nothing wrong with Alfred Morris at the end of the fourth round. He doesn't catch a lot of passes. You know, At the end of the fourth round, man. Yeah. No, this is in the first round. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, Alfred Morris, is, he's the quintessential running back that no one gets excited to take, but then he always puts a Barbie two numbers. So, I mean, I think that you know, there's something to be said about that. He is an accumulator, but he always seems to accumulate. Hey. Accumulator is going to accumulate, Dave. <laughs> and <laughs> that's, what, gonna hate. that's what Morris is going to do. Know, CJ Anderson was a nice pick, too, at the end of the second. Uh, yeah, I, I like that pick as well, uh, for sure. So, it, you know, it's an interesting constru- construction of that team right there. Um, I am worried about the receiver. I'm worried, even in a tight end premium format like this, I'm still worried about the tight end. So that is our opinion of Harwood's team. You're worried about the tight end? On his, uh, he's, his tight ends are going to be fine. One of those guys is going to be good. Yeah, but he, he needs might, three to be good. Yeah, that's the thing, yes. you know, and that's that's what I'm worried about when you, when you invest that much into him. Um, Talk about Steve Abrahamson's team. We kind of did already. But you know what? We we really didn't. We talked about Lacey and Sanders, and then we kind of 
stop talking about it. So after Sanders, he takes Aaron Rodgers, who's the second quarterback off the board tonight at 302. Latavius Murray, another wild card. We don't know how good he can be. Obviously, Reggie McKenzie, you know, amputating limbs to do whatever he can to get anybody else in there to compete with Latavius Murray. So except for a rookie running back, he didn't draft him back. He didn't draft him back, did he? I don't think Oakland drafted any running backs at all. I think you're right, but I really can't. I think you're right. I'll confirm that. <laughs> I mean, maybe they picked up a you know undrafted free agent or something. They but. they could have, but uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, and honestly, right, you have T. Rich, and that and that's it. Former first rounder. Um, it's just he's been flirting with all these teams or players that wouldn't sign I, with no, Oakland. I agree. I agree. Uh, CJ Spiller, I'm starting to like that pick. I, I'm, you and I have talked about Spiller on the show. You kind of like him this year. I'm kind of off him. But you know what? In the fifth round, I ain't got no problem with that, man. CJ Spiller at the 502. I'm all about that. Don't so, ever do that again. But the, <laughs> Hey, Rob, can you mark the tape on that? I want to start using that as a production drop going forward. Um Okay, so Devontae Parker, are you a little bit surprised he goes at the 6'11 there as, well, the, the, as the third rookie receiver off the board? Well, you know, I don't really care that he's a third rookie receiver off the board. What I do care about is that he's a number two receiver for this team <sighs> as a rookie, and I think yeah. that's a problem. I, I just don't like that. I mean, I, I don't mind that team three has Aguilar as his number four receiver. That's fine. Right. Um, but I, just, I have a little bit of a problem with Parker as your number two because you still have to contend with bye weeks. If Parker underperforms – I mean, you're going to need like three or four other receivers to just come on and, and, and to replace Parker if he busts. So that's a guy you need to really hit on. I do like Parker as a talent, especially in Dynasty. Uh, I'm concerned that, you know, about any any rookie receiver. I know last year the rookies did well. But, I mean, that was historic. I mean, it's just so tough for that to happen again. Delaney Walker was the uh, pick in the seventh round. And in, honestly, you talk about Parker as the two. That's the price you pay when you when you take a quarterback early. You got to sacrifice somewhere and yeah, you're you sacrificing the you receiver. So. You got to stud. You got Roger. Okay, speaking of rookies, uh, Tennessee Rednecks follows up that uh, Nelson uh, Aguilar pick with another rookie, Tevin Coleman. Dave, I got to tell you, we were at the NFL draft in Chicago last week, and that whole second and third round, anytime a team that, that had like <laughs> you, even – You were the worst. Was, you were the worst, Balky. That had any kind of opening at running back. I'm like, oh, this could be Tevin Coleman. Oh Tevin God. Coleman could go here. There's like 20 picks straight. There were people around us that were getting annoyed with <laughs> with uh, with my Tevin Coleman. And honestly, you know, I did like Tevin Coleman. We did our rookie rankings. I was a fan. Now I'm kind of listening to podcasts. I'm reading stuff on on Coleman and the fit with Atlanta. What? They don't 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 they run his own block? I, I, yeah, I'm. I don't know. I'm he just supposedly fits that scheme. I'm I'm souring on it a little bit. Well, I'm not I'm not totally off. Stiff hips. Yeah, well, I mean, he had hips. he had stiff hips before. It's not like, <laughs> oh, the Falcons took him stiff hips. You know, uh, it doesn't exactly work like that. But Coleman as the what is this? The number four running back for the Rednecks? That would be three. No, he's got Gore. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Jeremy Hill, <laughs> Frank the, Gore, Tevin sticker. Coleman. Yeah. Okay. So your thoughts of on Tevin Coleman uh, as an Atlanta Falcon, not from a dynasty perspective, uh, but from redraft. Here he goes at the seven oh three. I think he's going to be just fine. I think he actually is going to come in and do well. I mean, he has literally the competition there is all talentless. Not not talent. I think he's fine. I think he'll – he may not totally start right away week one, but I think by week two or three he'll be making – he'll be getting most of the carries. Dr. Harwood said he wished he wouldn't have waited another round on Coleman. He should have snagged him. Yeah. Reg- yeah. At least you got Julius Thomas there, Harwood. It, regret is the mother of invention. <laughs> we, so shouldn't, Harwood, we shouldn't taunt him. It's fine. No, he's, he's, he's great. And it's, it, honestly – how many times have we ripped teams and they end up crushing it? So what do we know? 
Um, we're just here to hang out, ladies and gentlemen. We're here for your uh, for your audio pleasure. Um, it's, so Tevin Coleman uh, at the uh, at the seven oh three there. We move on to another rookie. Actually, take, before we go to the next rookie, sir, let's just yeah. talk about the next running back. Uh, Devontae Freeman. Yes. Oh, good point. Team. Okay, so Freeman goes three picks later to Kobe's crew. What do you see the backfield split there? Are, do you think it's 65-35 Coleman uh, Freeman, or is it going to be tighter than that? I mean, it, it really is tough to say. I mean, it depends on what the coaches uh, think. But, I mean, I just never thought that Freeman was a really talented back. Right. Um, he's undersized. He's under speed for that size. So, you know, I just don't like him as a back. And I think I like Coleman better. Coleman's a not much bigger necessarily, right. but he's faster and just he's more of an athlete. So I, I do like him better. Um, do you? And they invested more draft capital in him. Do you remember if – yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Was Coleman a second or a third-round pick? Uh, I don't know, but I think Freeman was a fourth. like mid Yeah, he wasn't – I mean, he's not like a pedigreed yeah. you know, type. Hey, which, by the way, I saw this article. I follow some of the Florida State fan blogs on, on Facebook. Do you realize that the entire starting offense from their national championship team is now playing in the NFL? Really? Yeah. That's insane. Um, he was the 71st overall. Okay. Yeah. Um, the – let's see. I think uh, – Nine of them were drafted, and then four um, assigned as, as free agents. That's not so the starting eleven, and then two backups. That's crazy. Yeah, but, I mean that was an historic team too. That, so it sure is, Bucky. Florida State, what a great university. Yeah, what a great university indeed. What a great I mean, time. Like academics there too. Just right. so you know amazing. what? Don't. Why do you do that? <laughs> you know, are you you're the guy at the parade? And and oh, it looks it, like rain. And, yeah, or, or like, oh, you know what? Uh, that guy's got uh, he's got a big smudge on his trombone there, <laughs> and that's not a sexual thing. That's that was like the actual musical instrument. It was, was kind of rusty. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that's the, now that is a sexual. What thing. I did? All I was talking. I, what are you talking about? Kevin White goes at the seven oh four to straight cash homies um, as the number three receiver. Uh, yeah. So okay, you talked about being worried about uh, Devontae Parker as the number two receiver for Steve Abrahamson's team. What do you think about Kevin White as the number three receiver for straight cash homies? That's team four. You know, it's okay. Um, I, I mean, White's going to have to have a pretty good season. I mean, as a rookie coming in, you know, he's got a color. There definitely is an opening. He's going to start. You know, he's one of those players because of his size, his speed, and you know, he's good at high-pointing the ball. I think he has a chance to make a good rookie impression and do well right away out of the gates. Um, we also have uh, Jason Witten and Jordan Reed going to straight cash homies there as well. I want to take a phone call right one of the drafters tonight in the Revelations draft. I believe, and I could be wrong, I want to welcome Tupacker back on the show. Ron Meyer, man, how's it going? What's up, boys? We're uh, we're we're loving you. You're, we haven't talked about your draft since uh, the Martellus Bennett pick, but we're really liking those pass catchers that you put together. Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about your sixth round pick, Darren McFadden, the starting running back for the for the Dallas Cowboys. You get him at the six oh five. Were you surprised to see McFadden fall that far? Not really. He's got an injury history, and I'm just praying he plays this year all season. Well, I got to tell you the other thing too, Ron, with your team, obviously you get your boy Keenan Allen as your number four receiver in the fifth round, which is awesome. You get another guy who is the starting running back on what could be a run-heavy team, depending upon how the NFL suspensions go down. You get LeGarrette Blunt, man, starting running back in the eighth round. You had to be thrilled with that pick. Yeah, that was a pretty sweet pick that I had. Um, I'm a big believer in punting running back, so... Maybe I'll get lucky this year. I really like Breeze the best, pick, picking him up in the seventh. 
Dude, look, Garrett Blunt was a great. I mean, really, that I mean, I mean, the fact that the Patriots have done nothing at running back, and the guy's just played outstandingly well for them every time he's played. Breeze at the seven oh eight, Ron. You you look at your team, and and I don't know if you had any kind of strategy coming into this draft. Uh, was is it playing out? Is your team construction playing out to what you envisioned it? Um, for the most part, it has. Um, there was a couple of there was a little bit of a running back run there where I wanted to be able to take a guy. I was going to take a flyer with Yeldon that early, and then a couple other ones went off the board. So I'm like, oh, we might as well keep going with wide receiver. They score a lot of points. <laughs> they do score a lot of points, Ron. Uh, early impressions of this draft, besides the the players that we've already talked about on your team, and then you just touched on Yeldon a little bit. Is there anybody that you thought went a little bit too early? Well, not too early, but uh, a player that you thought went earlier uh, than you expected him to, or maybe a player that uh, you know hung around there longer than you thought he would be available. Really, I thought the the uh, the rookie running backs, Melvin Gordon and uh, Todd Gurley, went pretty early. Um, that was kind of a shock to me. Um, seems like a lot of the rookie wide receivers have been going off the board quite early, and to me rookie wide receivers, they don't do so well their first year, um, more of their third year towards the end of their second year is when they kind of start to pick up steam, I think. They do pick up steam then uh, for sure. I got to tell you, man, you know, you know, you know, we went to Chicago last weekend for the draft. You know, I, I tell it how it is. Okay. I bring the real. <laughs> I, I am all about the real. <laughs> and, and, and if I did not like your team, I'd tell you, and this isn't just me like making love to all the players that, that, you know, come on the show and tell them how great they are. I really like this team. This is a good team. Ron, I really like your team too. And uh, thanks for driving. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Thanks for driving. <laughs> your pick is coming up here. I'm just seeing it on, on, Imagine uh, if Brady gets suspended for eight games. Blunt's going to have 35 carries. Well, a game. remember Blunt is suspended too. Oh, well, um, what we, we, <laughs> I might be a little bit slow on YouTube. Talk to me about this pick right here and what you're thinking. Cause you're on the clock right now at the nine Oh eight. I already picked. I took uh, Abdullah, the running back from Detroit. Oh, see, another, again, a guy that you're getting in the ninth round that could be starting. I mean, what, what's his main competition? A 29-year-old running back with lower leg uh, injury history. Well, what I like about that pick is it's cheap. I mean, it's a ninth round pick. I mean, at least you're not investing a lot of, you know, it's not an early pick for a guy like that. Ron, uh, one tight end on your team so far. You, you do have the four stud receivers. Are you just, I mean, is your strategy the rest of the way to take some flyer running backs because you waited on them? Are, are you going to be drafting um, some more, you know, high upside receivers? What's your strategy the rest of the way? Does anybody else listen to this show that's in my draft? No, I muted all the draft, <laughs> the revelations after, so they won't hear this. Perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, no, I already got my uh, starting team, so I'm just going to kind of start throwing dark uh, a running back, a receiver, a tight end here. I'll just kind of start throwing darts at the uh, the guy that I think has the most upside to score points because for the first 13 weeks, I just got to score a whole bunch of points. That's about how this really this uh, um, league works out. Hey, Ron, can I just give you a t just a tiny bit of advice? Don't don't ignore that fifth wide receiver position. You know, a lot of these guys will take four good wide receivers, then they'll wait till like the 15th round, and then they're taking just total crap. You know, like yeah. Stephen Hill gets drafted. He's not in the NFL anymore. <laughs> so just you know, get another get another receiver. John Baldwin. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan Baldwin and Stephen Hill just got taken. <laughs> Hey, Ron, sure. thanks for chiming in tonight. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to wish best of luck uh, the rest of the way. And uh, let me know what you want me to do with those Steelers window clings I saved for you from the draft. Oh, yeah, don't, don't lose those. Make sure you keep those nice and flat. Those aren't a chew toy for your kid.
The, no, listen, my is, is he having one of those root beers? No, yeah. Are you having one of the not your dad's root beer right now? No, they're still. I'm still waiting for him to get chilled. <laughs> I don't know what goes in long, but all right. Chime up the rest of the way, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right, later. Ron Meyer of the Two Packer franchise, good friend of the show, good friend good of friend ours, in general. good friend in general. Yeah, drove, drove us down to Chicago, drove us up to Green Bay for the Derby. Great and, time. Yep, that was great. So he takes Abdullah there. Um, I, I want to get back to um, some other. You know, we, we kind of talked about team construction Four enough, minutes left and we're going to switch over to Genesis at at the top of the hour. So I want to just, you know, kind of talk about picks uh, that are. I think our, our standout picks as we move through this Peyton Manning and Drew Brees in the seventh round to me, good values on both Dave. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Kyle Rudolph uh, to me, he's kind of an interesting guy this year. Maybe I just like him more than, than everybody else. Um, is he slipping because of Charles Johnson because of um, Mike Wallace? I mean, is that the reason or do I just overvalue him? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it's a pretty good pick. I mean, you know, Bridgewater second year, he's going to probably improve. Rudolph should actually be healthy this year. I think uh, you know people kind of forget about him a little bit. Devontae Adams in the seventh round. Not sure I understand that pick, the 7-12. That seems a bit early to me. Um, but if, if Cobb or Nelson go down, boom, all of a sudden you have a, a every-week contributor. Um, you look forward at the draft, and let's – okay. The Charles it, Johnson pick could be really good. Yeah, that, I would think that was an interesting one. I do like the Johnson pick. What do you, what do you make of Charles Sims at the 8-11? Is that where you thought he was going? Because I thought he would go higher. Am I missing a pick? Where, where are we at? At the 811. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not team two, James here. 22, Steve Abrahamson's team. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, they're, they're talking about him starting. They really don't like Doug Martin at all. It was, you know, the, there was a new coaching staff last year. They are the ones who drafted Sims. They didn't draft Doug Martin. So it seems like Martin's on the outs. Yeah, but I think Sims should have gone higher for all those points that you. That's what I'm saying. It's a good, I think oh, it's a good pick. Okay. All right. Um, and then you move on to the ninth round. Bolden, rock solid by Dr. Harwood there. We both love that pick. Doriel Green Beckham. I think I'm off this guy, Dave. You're off? You um, mean Dynasty or regular? I mean, Dynasty, Dynasty you still got to pay a premium for him. I don't think I would take him. Spoiler alert to all my Carrington owners that are listening tonight. Interesting. I don't think I would take DGB. I don't like that setup in Tennessee. I, I just I don't like the organ like the the players on that offense. I'm I'm not sold Mariota. on Mariota. Yeah, plus mixing. I mean, he doesn't fit the system very well. Yeah, I just eh. nobody likes the Wiz. Justin Hunter put on ten pounds of muscle this offseason. He supposedly did that last year. Oh, really? I don't. Yeah, that, that was in the room last year. No, he put on ten that. pounds of muscle because I saw some picture of him and I'm like, look at his arms. They're like the same size. It's yeah. like skinny arms. And now he put on. Now it's now in since he's a rookie, he's put on twenty pounds of muscle. Let's see if he gets six hundred receiving yards this year. Uh, then you move on uh, in this round. Bishop Sankey at the 905. Again, I've, I don't even want to talk about him anymore. Well, listen, I don't know if I'm drafting any Titans this year. What's up? Maybe Delaney Walker, and that might be it. Yeah, I mean, you know, Sankey in the ninth, it's not that bad, really. Uh, I know that they brought in that the rookie, uh, but I, it's still, it's like, you know, David Cobb, he's not that, he's not that fast. They didn't spend much on him. I think I think I, I, I think I would run Sankey. Well, I think you can pick up Cobb pretty cheaply here in the next couple of rounds. And you have both of them. It's not that bad of a pick. I mean, Sankey could emerge. I mean, sometimes running back isn't great this first year. Thomas Jones is an example. Far be it for me to rip on a Jack Hahn pick, too, because that guy, a lot smarter than me. So he, he clearly knows what he's doing. I concur, counselor. Oh, there you go. Ash Hill 
goes in the mid ninth to uh, Curtin Reeve. I like that pick there. Yeah, he gets Jimmy Graham and Josh Hill. Not a handcuff anymore. Yeah, he because, just you know that they're not on the same team anymore. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, and then as we close things out here, Jarek McKinnon could be a steal for Seth's own dressing if Peterson is traded. McKinnon goes with the first pick in the tenth round, Dave. Plus, you know, plus AP is old. I mean, there's always a chance he gets hurt. I mean, he was hurt the year before. And now, you know, he takes almost the whole year off. Right. You know, there's a chance he just comes out, he gets hurt in training camp, gets hurt for a second game of the season. Who knows? All right. So Rob and I are going to be together here. We're going to shift it over to Genesis. What I want you to do, Dave, no, I'm going to give you the easy job. Because I'll, I'll take care of that. I know it's a mess. Um, the Genesis players are listed here. If you could give everybody an introduction of who these players are, what their team names are, where they're picking tonight. Oh, gladly. I'm really and I will be right back. This. Okay. So out of the number one, so we're going to be moving to Genesis. Out of the number one spot, we have War Kittens. That's John Duckworth, friend of the show, friend of us. Uh, Fantasy Smurf, drafting number two, Christian Warakis. Uh, he plays a ton of Dynasty Leagues. Great guy. Uh, number three, uh, when I move, you move, Justin McCord. Uh, Justin is a he's in Kentucky, helps run that. He's awesome. Uh, DraftSharks.com, Kevin English, who uh, is a former facilitator. Call him a trader. Because uh, he's not facilitating anymore for our drafts, and the great Lenny Papano, who we uh, of course love, uh, owns Draft Sharks. Those guys are in the four hole. Nelson Souza, the franchise, uh, great player. Uh, he won the Football Guys Players Championship. Uh, he's out of the five hole. Pound for pound, Big Ferg, Wayne Ferguson, awesome guy. He's been on the show before. Uh, Jules McLean, she's in the chat room. USS Wolfino, so she's bulky. We can't rip on pics. She's in the. Nelson, she's listening. Nelson won the FPC, didn't he? I don't think he did. Who won the FPC again? Not Nelson. Um, I'm Sean Coots. I'm so stupid. Oh, yeah, Coots, yeah. I always, you know, their emails are kind of similar. Sorry, Nelson. You didn't win that, and we're not going to pay you. <laughs> Donnie T. Azuri is the eighth pick. Uh, Donnie T. I'll call in because Balky loves to hear from you. You have such a sexy voice. William Spada, the Billy Ballers out of the nine hole. You know, I don't know William very well. Do you? Let's see what his team looks like. I'm excited. David Fowler, Mystery Tramp, a uh, good guy. We know him. Number 10 pick. Passing the nut, Fred Osmond. Fred is a local Appleton guy who hopped in this league. He actually knows Balky pretty well. He's in our Carrington League. So I, hopefully Fred calls in. Fred's great. Oh, yeah, that's right. He hosted Hootis with you that one week when I was gone, right? Awesome. And Jason Tap. Why does Jason Tapley always get the 12th pick? I feel like he always gets screwed. He's the bottom bangers. He's out of the 12 hole. Uh, Balky, uh, they're asking for a link over in this. It's the same link. It's the same link, mofo. Just refresh it. <laughs> okay, so I've now introduced them all. And uh, I don't really have anything else to say. And see, since I'm just like the co-host bulky, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to say. You know, the entry fee is $150 for these leagues. We have great prizes. $12.50 for first, $2.50 for second. Uh, you know, if you want me to promote something, we can promote the, uh, there's three FFPC. Hey, what's up? Three FFPC Dynasty Leagues still available. We have a $500 one, which actually should be bought. It's a pretty good team. There's only uh, like 11 or 12 guys on it, but it's a good team. We have a 750 team that kind of sucks. It's pretty cheap though, 400 bucks. We have one dispersal team left in 1250 number one. That is a great league. You should actually hop into that. It's really pretty inexpensive, six and a quarter. And we're giving away all sorts of uh, like extra picks, dispersal picks, stuff like that. And that's it. Great job, man. I was impressed. Yeah. You could have fooled me. If, if, no, if somebody said, hey, listen, Gerzak doesn't have a uh, – he doesn't have a background in uh, in oh, radio. No, no. That, we're oh, on a delay. Too, yeah. We're on a delay. It's going to pop See, up. Look at how second. handsome you looked in that picture. You I know. lost all that weight. Skinny now. face. It was great. So let's. Uh, so you introduced everybody for Genesis. I'm going to leave this up to you uh, of how you want to attack this. My recommendation is let's look at each team, okay, 
And then after we've sort of analyzed what all these teams have, um, when we've gone through all these 12, then we'll talk about individual picks that we like, we didn't like, we're surprised at, stuff like that. Good? Ah, sure. Is that cool with you? You betcha. Friend of the show, War Kittens, John Duckworth. We hang out with him in Kentucky every year. That yeah, is have a steak dinner with him. That is when he shows up for his drafts on time, <laughs> which he still blames Farrell Elliott for last year. And actually – Who I was going to take Julio Jones, by the way, and, and he walks in in the second round. I took his first pick, and then he's right. like, oh, Steven Jackson. And it totally sucked. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, you know what's funny about – Although uh, Julio got hurt too that year. So, yeah, that's true. So. Duckworth sent me an email um, – when I, I said, you know, I sent out an email today to, to all the players and he's, I can't repeat it on the air, but he said, Oh, expletive. Is that draft tonight? <laughs> like, you know, just as a homage to Kentucky, he starts things off with Odell Beckham. one one, right. not messing around. She just calls his team name balls. So he takes um, Odell Beckham there. And then speaking of balls, JT Julius Thomas at the two twelve day. Nice. He went in the, what, sixth round, fifth round? Yeah. In, in, the, uh, in Revelations. So I, guess, I guess you shouldn't have been dogging the Julius. Now you must just hate that pick. If you were dogging on it in Revelations. Yeah, I, I mean. Uh, worst pick of the draft, well, right? Yes. But <laughs> I'm questioning. Maybe I don't understand what's going on in Jacksonville. Maybe not. Because Duckworth has yeah. won more money than I have. You have to research. He backs it up with Travis Kelsey at the 301. I have, I, you know, obviously no problem with that pick there. Jeremy Macklin. I mean. So he gets the two Chiefs. I, I'm not a fan of Macklin uh, at the 412. Why? Because they don't produce wide receiver twos. They don't produce Ever. wide receivers. Right. I mean, they, you know what I mean. And then Andre Johnson, Darren McFadden, who I love. McFadden people tonight. I don't. Is it just the 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 stigma of of drafting Darren McFadden? Man, I would take him higher than the sixth round. You would not. I would. Right. Totally. I'm on board. Uh, Doug Martin in the seventh. Larry Fitzgerald, and then Ryan Matthews. So, so Martin pick concerns me because it's like if he does lose his job, you've just drafted a backup who should have been taken the 15th. That is true. Um, the And and obviously I have – Just sorry to interrupt here, but yeah. if you look at the draft board, I mean the running backs really went a lot earlier in this draft. Check it out. You know what I mean? I was trying to look after who, yeah. who went after yeah, Doug Martin. Right. It's like there were so many running backs gone. It was – you know, Pickens were getting slim. And Duckworth kind of got squeezed a little bit, I think, here. As If you look – because he didn't have a running back until McFadden at, at the end of the sixth. So he kind of got a little bit pinched. Um, you look at John's team. I, I don't like the Julius pick. I don't like the Macklin pick. I don't like the Martin pick. I love the uh, McFadden pick. I, I'm actually a fan of Ryan Matthews in the ninth round. I think that could pay off dividends, um, given that, you know, the volume that Philadelphia does on the ground there. I think that that could be a good pick. And Fitz, Fitzgerald in the eighth with Carson Palmer. Fitzgerald concerns me a little bit, you know, just because Larry Fitzgerald himself said that the way that the offense runs, that you just don't get a lot of catches. He said that. He goes, oh, the way that you don't get a lot of catches. But, I mean, did he say a lot of catches? To me, when – and I I don't remember the quote exactly. Because they sprayed around to the three receivers. But I thought he said it was tough for him to have, like, an elite season or something like – something to that – effect like he he won't have the seasons he's he's accustomed to because of the way well that's fine because you have you get him at, at a discount now so i'm fine with not an elite season in the eighth round all right, all right, all right. I, I can't remember the quote anyway uh so let's move on to Quist, uh, christian warikas's team fantasy smurf uh he starts off the draft dave with not two not three but four wide receivers Julio, Jeffrey, Mike Evans, Jordan, Matthews. Well, see how I talked about Julio in the prior draft, how I thought that was a good pick end of the first and the early second. Now here he goes at the two. 102, yeah, which see? is, I mean, that's insane. I mean, that's not, maybe it's not insane. Maybe but it's not. But compared other, to the other draft. The other draft, Julio could, could pick. So what? What? two things I'm realizing tonight. One, nobody knows what the ADP is in FFPC right 
It's, it's great. Isn't you know, it great? It's, it's still all over the place. You just got to go and get your players. Get your guys, Dave. Oh, boy. Um, we're going to bring that back. That. You I'm going to trademark that. T-shirt. You know what else I'm going to trademark? Nom, 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 <laughs> nom, 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 nom. So anyway, Julio Jones, Jeffrey, Evans, and Matthews. CJ Spiller in the fifth. CJ Spiller goes at the 502 in both drafts tonight. Jason Witten and ASJ right after that to get his tight ends. And then he goes Amir Abdullah, Jarek McKinnon. In my opinion, two upside running backs in the eighth and ninth round. Doesn't have a quarterback yet. I don't care. I like this team. I do too, actually. I really I I, I like what he did at tight end. I like taking Witten, the steady Eddie, and then taking the upside with Austin Sperian Jenkins, Jameis Winston, a rookie quarterback. He's going to throw to his tight end. Sarian Jenkins was dinged up last year, but he's, you know, 6'5", 265, runs a 4'6", 4'5", 40. Jenkins could really emerge this year. And now you have that offense where they love throwing to the tight end. Right. Money, baby. It Straight is money. butter. Yeah, Jameis Winston, by the way, threw a ton to Nick O'Leary in the really? last couple of years. Uh, made Nick O'Leary look really, really good. Jack Nicholas's grandson, by the way, in case you never watched a Florida State nice. game, they mention it like four times every broadcast. By the way, as an aside, did you see when Jack Nicholas hit that hole in one when he was he kind of predicted it? Uh, when was this? Was this recent? Yeah, like within the last couple of weeks? Yeah, I think I saw it. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That is cool, Dave. Yeah, cool. We, we talked about John. That is cool, Stu. Um, <laughs> we talked about John Duckworth's team. Lance, uh, sports betting man, says in the chat. I think I just saw through what Duckworth is doing. He drops a small $150 entry to throw everyone off his scent in his big leagues. He just He's just inflating guys he doesn't want. Wow. And I'll tell you what. People would say, oh, you're crazy, Lance. That's such a conspiracy theory. I am putting on the foil hat for that because I can totally buy into John Duckworth pulling something like that. Maybe you just hit the scotch bottle early. So nah, I don't know about that. But. Okay, so Justin McCord, when I move, you move. Former uh, KFFFC main event champion. Uh, he drafts from the third spot tonight. He takes Gronk, doesn't care about the potential Brady suspension, takes him at the 103, gets Cobb and Rogers right after that. And then he goes three straight running backs, Giovanni Bernard, Alfred Morris in the fifth. I love that even more. Isaiah Kroll in the sixth, Mike Wallace, LeGarrette Blunt. already said how much I like that pick in the eighth. And then Torrey Smith in the ninth. Dave, a little bit weak on the receivers here, but yes, a lot weak. Wallace and Torrey Smith, both big play guys. Uh, Torrey Smith maybe will benefit from Kaepernick throwing him the ball. Of course, Flacco had a big arm too, so it's not like Kaepernick is, is going to be this radical change for him. Um, but the running backs are solid, um, if unspectacular. And uh, obviously, that, obviously, you get Gronk and Rodgers. See, that's kind of the problem I have. And I mean, I like Justin a lot. And the only problem I have with this is when you take the tight end early, and then you take, and not just early, insanely early, because you take him with a three pick. And then you take Rodgers in the third. Invariably, you're not going to have great receivers and you're not going to have great running backs. They're going to both kind of half suck. Right. And that's what's going on right here. And, you know, so it gets really tough. I mean, Gronk has to be awesome. Rodgers has to be awesome. And then you need to find, it's so hard to find good receiving options. I mean, you have Cobb, but after that, it's just, it's going to be really tough. It's going to be tough every week to find your, your, your second one and two flex guys. I think that's just going to always be a challenge for him. What do you make of the Crowell pick at 610? They uh, still have Terrence West. They draft Duke Johnson. What do you, what do you think of Crowell at 610? To me, it seems a little high. I don't really like, I don't like, I don't think I'm going to take Crowell a lot this year. Johnson is a really talented back. He's explosive. They liked him. They spent, you know, a, a third round pick on him. I believe it was. Uh, Kroll was an undrafted free agent. I'll play another third round pick in a weaker running back class in West. Just it's just kind of a mess. Plus, the team doesn't even score a lot of touchdowns. Their quarterback right. plays sucks. Their wide receivers are terrible. The organization is a train wreck. The owner should be in jail. I mean, I don't well, really, geez, just throw the whole city under the bus. Hey, you know what? Jason is exploding. I, right I like now. Cleveland as a city. I'll say that. Rock and roll hall of fame. <laughs> Take him to Detroit. Yeah. Drew Carey. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so yeah, I mean. 
it's just it, I have a little bit of a problem there. I don't mind Duke Johnson as a flyer later, but uh, you know, Kroll, it's a little early for him for me. I mean, maybe he'll be great. I don't know. I've had a lot of people on this show, a lot of guests come on and say, look, you can take a quarterback early, you can take a tight end early. You just can't do both. That's what Justin McCord did. Took basically the number one tight end, the guy who could be the number one quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, and he's filling in the holes right now. You know what you got with Rodgers and Gronkowski. If he hits on a couple of these other players, this team could be really, really good. Yeah, and the thing here's the thing is every once in a while, Rodgers, if you and Blunt, by couple, the way, sorry to interrupt. Blunt is one of those players that could be really, really good. That he yeah, had. I like that pick a lot. Go ahead. But Rodgers, I mean, sometimes you see Rodgers falls like the fifth round. I mean, and when that happens, then it's like, okay, now you pounce on Rodgers in the fifth because you've now gotten you know second, third, and a fourth round at a couple you're solid in the middle there ironically it took aaron Rodgers in the fifth round in kentucky one of the vegas leagues last year i remember baker boy a few years ago in the main event he said his team was the worst one of the worst teams he's ever had but he made the playoffs because he had Rodgers and he got him in the fifth round his team was just awful hmm. but he had Rodgers and he had a great season but then he just coupled together a bunch of guys he didn't win a lot of money but at least i think he broke even just because of the Rodgers pick oh, there you go proper management dave and try and get into a bad league that <laughs> Justin also takes Pierre Garçon in the 10th round. Uh, moving on to DraftSharks.com, the brainchild of Lenny Pavano and Kevin English. Kevin English, by the way, a six-ball winner last year. So look out for him, ladies and gentlemen, as they take Eddie Lacy and C.J. Anderson to kick things off to high-volume running backs. They go receiver with the next three picks, T.Y. Hilton, Sammy Watkins, and Martavis Bryant. The tight end is Zach Ertz in the sixth round, and then they go Shane Vereen, Tyler Eifert, Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback, and David Cobb in the 10th. Before Sankey. Before Sankey. So obviously they're predicting Cobb to take over that lead back role uh, in Tennessee. Again, I don't know how much that's worth, but in the 10th round, if you're taking a guy you project to be the starting running back, that is a good value there. So you get um, uh, Lacey Anderson, Cobb, Vereen uh, in there now with the Giants. I want to talk about the receivers on this team, David. David Cobb was the 138th overall selection in this, this year's draft, just to kind of put that in perspective. And, and to, not, to put it in perspective. I'm not saying that Sankey's better necessarily. Right. The, to put it in perspective. perspective Sankey sucks. <laughs> the, we're talking about the 138th pick leapfrogging the guy they took in the second round last yeah, Sean year. Sean so. Green just took the job back. I mean, who knows? I'm saying. Maybe Sankey worked really hard this offseason. He watched a lot of film. I don't know. I'm, I'm just not betting on it. Um, not to say he doesn't have a good work ethic. That came out wrong. You got to bet on the incumbent. Let's talk about those receivers that DraftSharks.com is betting on. T.Y. Hilton, Sammy Watkins, Martavis. I tell you, not a fan of those three guys. I like Hilton. I mean, I, but I Hilton's mean, okay in the third. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have Andrew Locke. I mean, Phillips Dorsett's not going to really probably do much this year as a, as a rookie. Uh, Watkins, uh, you know, I like his talents a lot, but I mean, his quarterback play is really questionable. Totally agree. And the, and the offense. And the offense. It's a yeah. run-based offense and how many targets is he going to get. Right. And Brian, it's like, you know, he's been a deep ball threat. I mean, he, I I don't think Wheaton's really much competition, but they just brought in that rookie wide receiver, Sammy, Sammy Coates. Coates. So, yeah. Who know, does a lot of the same things Bryant does. He does, actually. And Brian, you know, he was a fourth-round rookie. and he, You know, he did well, but it's not like he blew up the league. Ertz and Eifert are the tight ends. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think I like, I, I like Eifert a lot. As Eifert, uh, yeah, because I mean he's always been hurt. I mean I would think eventually one of these seasons he's going to put together a good season. This is only his third year now, right? Uh yeah, but wasn't he hurt his last season at Notre Dame? He, well, regardless of that, yeah. but I'm just saying it's only his third year in the NFL. Correct. Yeah, it's it's weird because he's never been on the field hardly. So yeah, I know it's like yeah. When did he get taken? 2010. You team know, like, team five, the franchise, Nelson Sousa, a guy who did not win the Football Guys <laughs> Players Championship. <laughs> 
is uh, he picks there. He takes Le'Veon. Yeah, sorry, man. He takes Le'Veon Bell at the 105. Nelson's like, hey, I never get a check for that. <laughs> he takes Le'Veon Bell at the 105, Dave, and then he follows it up with uh, Arian Foster. Pounds out Brandon Cooks, Julian Edelman, and Deshaun Jackson after that. He takes Tevin Coleman at the, let's see, that would be the 608. Uh, he takes Coleman. Vincent Jackson is his fourth receiver with Jameis Winston throwing to him in the seventh round. Kyle Rudolph, Matt Ryan, and Percy Harvin rounds things up uh, with his first 10 picks. Um, I don't think there's any – well, let's talk a little bit about Vincent Jackson because that to me is the pick that stands out as, as I look at this team. Vincent Jackson at the 705, Dave, I think that is a good value, right? You know, everybody talks about Mike Evans. Remember how touchdown, not that he was touchdown dependent, but so much of his numbers last year were based on scoring a ton of touchdowns. It's fluky. Evans is a red zone target, but I still think that number comes down a little bit this year. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And last year, VJAX was going in the fourth or sometimes in the third round, wasn't he? I mean, he was being picked pretty darn early. Now you have better quarterback play. You don't have the pencil neck geek. You have Seamus in there. Yeah, exactly. You don't have him in there. Well, it was McCown too last oh, yeah, year. Yeah. Josh McCown. Well, and, and Beaker. Yeah. That's awful. Um, yeah, but those guys actually, you know, they put up good numbers even in that, even, even with those bad quarterbacks. So I think he'll be good. Seventh round is a good spot. I like the way his team's constructed. He waited on tight end, waited on quarterbacks. So it's hard for me to hate on teams like that. Um, I will say this about. Mike Evans, as far as why Vincent Jackson could be hurt. We've seen why his 2015 numbers could be hurt, not him physically. We've seen rookie quarterbacks come in and lock on to a particular target and, and really force feed. Now, I think Winston is, is better than, than your average uh, quarterback as far as understanding the pro do. game. Well, listen, I mean, no, honestly, <laughs> would you not agree with that? You know, he, you know, I will say that Winston, I hate to admit it. Yeah. He actually, he actually looks like he's pretty NFL ready. Yeah. Now, don't ask him to scramble. He he cannot scramble. Or behave off the field. Right. He cannot do he, that. He's actually fairly elusive in the pocket, but don't ask him to go running around or anything. Yeah, you know, it's it's weird because everybody talks about how he wasn't very mobile uh, last year, and he had a pretty significant ankle injury that he played through that really hindered his mobility. Um, and well, he's also it, built like you know he's also built like Damon Wayne's in the Great White Hype. Yeah, he's, he's got, got a, a little bit got, of a gut. He's got a big gut going on. It's too much crab, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> you crab is high protein. Yes, high, he, he's had too much of the protein. No, no carbs. Storing it in his belly. Um, but anyway, uh, here's the, the point I was going to make. If he does lock onto a receiver, would you not think that he's going to lock onto Evans more so than ASJ, more so than Vincent Jackson? I mean, I think that that, that could be a concern that you have. And maybe that's what the Genesis owners are thinking tonight in letting him slip to the seventh round. I think that there's something to be said for that. I don't know. I mean, I, can't, I mean, how do you predict who he's going to lock onto, if anybody? Well, wouldn't you? I mean, honestly, if, I, if I'm. Why is he more likely? Why wouldn't he lock onto VJAX? Maybe he's, why would he not lock onto Because Evans him? is better. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Well, that's probably true. Truth be told, and full disclosure, Mike Evans on my Blake Harrington dynasty team. That's that was a really nice pick. Good job. Uh, thanks, man. I got lucky. Golden Eagles took Sankey at the 102, and I had the 103. <laughs> that so. was nice. Oh god, I had the 103 and 104 in back-to-back years. Just terrible. <laughs> DraftSharks.com. We 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 like the team. We're a little bit worried about the receivers. Dante Moncrief. They take in the 11th round to add to that. That's a solid pick there. Let's move. Oh no, we already talked about that. Uh, franchise was next. He takes Stills in the 11th. I like that pick. Yeah, no, it's good. Uh, moving on, pound for pound, Wayne Ferguson picking in the sixth spot tonight. 
He goes Adrian Peterson and A.J. Green with his first two picks, follows it up with Emmanuel Sanders and Greg Olson. Golden Tate in the fifth round. That's a good value there. Joyke Bell goes to him in the sixth. He takes a rookie receiver in Amari Cooper at the 706, follows that up with Fred Jackson. Joseph Randall in the 10th, Kendall Wright in the 11th, Dave. So picks that stand out to me here that the first one I'll talk about, Fred Jackson. He goes at the 8-0, whatever it is, 7? Yeah. 8-0-8. He goes at the 8-0-8 um, yeah. with only um, Shady McCoy in front of him. Do you think – I mean, obviously McCoy – Only Shady McCoy. Well, yeah, that's probably – not good wording, but do you think that, um, you know, Starks only has Eddie Lacey. All right. The point is made. That's you don't need to pile on. That's don't, don't make me bring up Nelson Souza's fake FBC championship. Again. I guess we all make mistakes. Buddy. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, um, McCoy's in front of him. Do you see workload split between McCoy and Jackson this year is what we saw last year with Spiller and Jackson, or do you think Jackson is just, I mean, 25, 30% of the carries because they wanted, it's going to be more of a run-based offense than it was last year. The old coaching staff just hated Spiller, so and they love Fred Jackson. I just think that you know you bring in McCoy and he's going to get all, really almost all the carries. Fred Jackson has to kind of fall off the cliff, right? Um, I, but I will say this: out of all the picks that Big Ferg made, I mean that's probably you know maybe that pick and Joseph Randall, I'm not a huge fans of, but I liked almost every other pick. I like how his team looks. I like that he waited a little bit on tight end, but he still got a really good one with Olson. And then he waited on Romo. I mean, Romo is nice in that yeah, spot. So yeah, again, I like the Romo pick. You look at how deep he is all the way to that eighth round. It's pretty good. Uh, Randall's an interesting pick, too, in the 10th round with, let's see, McFadden went off the board. Where did McFadden go? Oh, he went in the sixth round to, to John Duckworth. You get um, uh, in the 10th round, you get Joseph Randall playing behind a guy who has been battered uh, in his uh, time in the NFL, although he did stay healthy last year. That Randall pick could be an interesting one. Let's move on to Jules McLean's team, the USS Wolfino. Uh, she was drafting from the seven spot tonight and kicks things off with Antonio Brown and Jeremy Hill as her top two picks. She goes receiver running back with her next two picks, DeAndre Hopkins and Carlos Hyde, uh, Jarvis Landry, Charles Sims. So she's got three receivers, three running backs after the first six rounds. And then she goes Drew Brees, Josh Hill, hook up, Brandon LaFell, Eric Decker, and David Johnson, the rookie running back in um, Arizona. Would you do me a favor, Dave? And I'm going to talk about Jules' team a little bit. Can you scroll down a little bit on that uh, on that draft board just so we can kind of – no, not on that one, on the one right behind it. There you go, that one right there. Just, okay, this is my, this is my bad okay. – yeah, oh, now just, just click on click on the other window. Okay, now that's see, really bad. See, dude, I'm telling you. This, do, is, do you this, want me? Is, this is a bad trackpad. Are you going to be able Actually, to fix my trackpad? I, that, see, that, that's – that's listen, I we got Bryce, our audio engineer, and, and Rob, our I producer, to work on that. Computer. Do you want me to do it? I can do it. You can try. All right. So, Jules McLean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tee you up here right now. <laughs> just Okay, just leave it. Just leave it. It's, it's not affecting the YouTube at all. Um, Dave. That, okay, okay. That's, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Now just click on, get back to the other window. Okay. Now I, I guess it did screw up. We'll, we'll get that draft board squared away shortly. See, I'm telling you, man, you shouldn't have, Ladies shouldn't have and gentlemen, in there with your little comment. It, it's I, you're right. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about Jules's team here. As far as players that we have not talked about yet. First prick I want to talk about Jarvis Landry goes at the, in the fifth round. And that was the eighth, or excuse me, the seventh overall pick. 
should be a high volume receiver again this year. Cause I don't know there's anybody on Miami that really does what he does. So those routes, those targets, they're still going to go to him. I like the Landry pick there, even with all those mouths to feed. And I know I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth because I didn't like the Cameron pick and revelations, but I think this Landry pick right here, that's uh, that's something that I'm proud of. I like Landry. I mean, to me, it's a real safe pick. I mean, it's like, you know, he's going to get a lot of targets and you know, he's the, he's the stable guy in that offense. He's, he's the only guy that's coming back. You know what I mean? Right. Charles Sims goes the pick after that. And I think that's more appropriate for where he should be going. He goes the Yes. And that's revelations. A, that's a nice value for Char, for Charles Sims, I think. Yeah, Genesis, he goes in the mid six to Jules here as her third running back. So I, I definitely love that. Josh Hill in the eighth round. I, I think if if the hype train was building for him, it it, it would have pushed him up further now. I don't think he's going to get higher, much higher than the eighth round. I think that's sort of where he's going to be going. I think that's a great value. I really, I, I, so you think he does get pushed up? I think he should get. Yeah, I think he will as he as he. You know, he'll do pretty well in training camp. I mean, you know, coach just loves him. I mean, right. he just loves him. He talks him up all the time. I think she got a good pick. And uh, I think she's gonna try, he's going to try and prove that Jimmy Graham is a jerk. And he's going to really you know, I don't, give him a lot of targets. I don't know if you're proving that he's a, a jerk. But I mean, oh, no. does this go back to, wait, hold on. Does this go to that whole lover spat between? Because of whatever, you know, whatever went on behind the scenes over there. There's got to be something. Where there's smoke, there's fire, Balky. So I don't I even think- know if there's smoke. I mean, honestly, I, I don't I love triangle there with John it. Payton. Yeah. I don't um, know, man. Okay. So anyway, um, <laughs> sorry to take you away from, I'd say, yeah, I was, I was, I'm trying to understand what Lance just, just, he wrote, I, I just, I, this is how narcissistic I am. I, I just go to the chat and look for my name <laughs> and, and, and if I see my name, then I, so you Lance can't, says, can't broadcast if, anymore. If that nerd who co-broadcasted the early hours of the NFL combine can help, most likely self nickname money than bulky does free reign on it. Does that mean I'm money? I don't know. Just, just smash Williams. It's smash Williams, baby. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So the other pick I want to talk about with Jules that she took after, Oh, LaFell. I like LaFell in the ninth round. Yeah, no, I like that one actually too. I saw that right away. Another pick that uh, a lot of people would not be crazy about taking. Like it's not exciting. First of all, it's Patriots receiver. Second of all, it's Brandon LaFell. That those are two things working. Not, your pick, but I like that pick. And third of all, they didn't take any wide receivers. And fourth of all, that's great. That's all that matters. <laughs> fourth of all, that is great. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, this is team eight now, Dave. After Wolfino, it was uh Azuri, Don Terminello. Is he actually here? Or yeah, I'm not he, sure what happened. Did he go on auto? Yeah, he it looked like he might have gone on auto. We can't, I can't, I should have written down that. I, it's Jamal Charles in the first. Oh, one. you do have it up. Okay, yeah, so perfect. Jamal Charles. All the wow. Way. Let's talk about that. Johnny T, great pick. What happened? This computer. Did, you know, this computer is really good. It knows what it's doing. No, but it's seriously. I think he might have gone auto the whole time. Why, but why did Charles? Why did he fall to the eighth pick? I don't know. Your number one pick. Granted that you put 10 seconds of thought into. <laughs> but Jamal Charles at the 108, that's an absolute stop. Yeah. I can't believe I, it. I agree. Great job, Don, even in spirit. <laughs> So uh, moving on after that pick, he gets Matt Matt Forte, really? Yes, Matt Forte. So he starts off the draft with Charles and Forte, two guys that were top three picks last year. He gets them both and from the eighth spot. And we don't even know if they were his picks or if he was – maybe he'd been phone calling. I don't even know. If any, if any of the people that are in that draft want to weigh in on the chat room, that'd be great. So Missouri was a no-show. Oh, he's a no-show. Okay. The computers do well. Okay, I'll say this: Andre Ellington and Lamar Miller. So obviously, it, it pounded running backs to him. Those are all guys that are going to see a ton of, of touches this year. 
Brandon Marshall, Antonio Gates, Roddy White. Okay. I mean, age certainly is a factor there, but I mean, Dude, this, the team's not who that knows? Bad. I mean, the team's getting worse as you get further into the Sproles, you know, Mason and uh, you know, Reggie Bush. Well, okay. But, but really, his team isn't that All bad. All right. Really. I, I, let's talk about what happened after Roddy White. Tom Brady might miss a couple picks. of games in picks. the eighth round. Okay, whatever. Trey Mason, we've already heard Jeff Fisher talk about that they're going to take their time with Todd Gurley. They're not going to rush him. So and, I, might start and I know a lot of, of, of coaches say that. But at the same time, it's Jeff Fisher. Okay, he's got job security there. He can afford to wait on Gurley. So you get Mason there, Sproles, who should catch some passes in Philly, Adams, who went in the seventh round in Genesis, Donnie T gets him in the 11th here, (laughs) and then you get Reggie Bush uh, at the 12th pick. And I got to tell you, Jules McClain had Carlos Hyde, and I'm not not saying enough, but she was up next. So maybe Donnie T quasi stole her or stole Bush uh, from Jules. I I don't know. Um, But it's not a bad I'm I'm obviously worried about the receiver depth. I think that's that's the number one. Let me thing. ask you a question. Yeah, would you rather have this team or Duckworth's team? Oh, that <laughs> is a great question. That is a great question. I oh man, because you run into the well. See, I, I, I Duckworth made a really great pick with Colston in the tenth. Yeah, and, and you know, and 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 that Stafford too is nice in the eleventh. Right, and that's Duckworth. Colston is his wide receiver five. Yeah, that's nice. So I I'm. I'm going to side with, and I like the McFadden pick. I'm going to side with with Duckworth's team here, but I'm going to take Azuri's Terminalo. I'm taking Donnie T's computer team. I wonder if he just like, you know what? Screw it. I can win this league without showing up. I'm just going to pre-rank my players, and I'm going to go out and have a good time tonight. I'm sure that's what he did. Isn't he a Boston fan? Did the Bruins play tonight? No, they're out of the playoffs. I have no idea. Yeah. What hockey? Okay. Maybe well, whatever. Teams would be producer players. Rob. They're not playing tonight. Perfect. <laughs> Rob's a big NHL guy. Did you know that? Watches Rob's, a, Rob's a big alternative sports guy. You know what Rob watches uh, Canadian football? You know who else does? Kramer no, from no Seinfeld. No, no. Remember <laughs> that? Yeah. Remember that when they're trying to give that? That doesn't surprise me. Rob, yeah. you know, you're a lot like Kramer. No offense. Actually, slight offense. He's nodding his head. <laughs> Let's move on and talk about Don uh, Terminalo's team, Azuri at eight. Number nine, Billy Ballers, William uh, Spada. A real person. Well, Don Terminalo's a real no, person. I mean, yeah, I know. A real draft. Uh, so Billy Ballers takes Demarius Thomas to kick things off. He gets Shady McCoy in the second round and then hits two more running backs after that. Mark Ingram, Latavius Murray. He takes Peyton Manning in the uh, fifth round. Rashad Jennings as his number five running back. Dwayne Allen, a little bit of surprise there. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, because he took DT in the first round. Yep. Yeah, so Jennings is a four. Dwayne Allen, a little bit of a surprise at seven. Victor Cruz is the wide receiver one. Um, in wide the, receiver two. So, yeah, I know. I keep look, forgetting. Look, look yeah. at this. Okay, I'm gonna look screen. at that. Hang on, I'm gonna switch mics here. Okay, so now you have uh, his wide receiver two is Victor Cruz, and then a ton of running backs. And it looks like something happened to him, and he was auto picked too. I'm not sure what happened, but that's a lot of running backs. Bradshaw, Denard Robinson, Chris Ivory, Brandon Oliver. Yep. So let's move on to team ten. All right, mystery champ David Fowler takes Daz, and then Marshawn Lynch. Andrew Luck is the uh, uh, third round pick there. Luck is the second quarterback off the board. So if they flip flop in the drafts, Rogers was first in this one. Luck was first in the last one. Todd Gurley goes in the fourth round again, man. Gurley, he baby. goes in the fourth round as, as the number two running back. 
Um, a lot of people comparing him to Marshawn Lynch. Well, he's going to have Marshawn Lynch as his teammate on Mystery Tramp this year. Yep. He can hopefully learn a lot from uh, David Fowler's uh, tutelage and Marshawn Lynch's guidance. <laughs> Keenan Allen and Jordan Cameron are the picks after that. Michael Floyd and Eric Ebron as the uh, second tight end on his squad. What do you think of Ebron? Uh, you know, somebody was – who was I talking – oh, uh, Joey Justo. Uh, I was talking to oh, him Oh, yeah, today. the guy who hasn't picked in Pirate Swag for like 15 I, hours? I think you need to put that on his co-owner, not him. Oh, what a jerk. And uh, Dave Davis uh, – It's Pirate Swag. We've been waiting for 15 hours for Gusto to pick. Yeah. Pick, dude. Justo. Whatever. I'm going to call him by whatever I want to call him by if he came and picked. <laughs> so anyway, he was asking me about Ebron today, and he said, hey, do you like him this year? And I said, you know what? Actually, I do. Second year, he was the 10th overall pick last year. Obviously, pedigreed. As long I mean, he's got to figure out the drops. And, um, you know. Oh, the, he did pick. He took Sheamus here at the 210. Okay, there you go. Calvin Johnson and Golden Tate obviously are going to command the most attention, but I think that means there's going to be a lot of stuff open for Eric Ebron over the middle. So I actually like him, especially when you don't count on him as your uh, number one tight end. You're just counting him on, uh, counting on him as your second tight end that you take in the eighth round of an FFPC format. I'm on board with that. I got to be honest. I think Ebron isn't a bust as a player. I don't like him. Really? Yeah, I think he's a bust. Uh, why is that again? I'm yeah, trying to remember what you said about him last year. Terrible rookie season. Um, he yeah, just, but he's a tight end. No, but I mean, even coming into the NFL, he had questionable hands. It just seemed like there was an overdraft. I, I just, I don't like Ebron. I don't think he's going to, I don't think he's going to pan out. Okay. So uh, that's just my personal, I just think, I don't mind taking a player and having a general take on that player and then right. just not taking it. We should think up a, a good uh, wager for Eric Ebron too. Sure. 55 catches. Uh, okay, so what, what are the two players we're going to do tonight? Eric Ebron, and who is the other one? That Oh, um, your boy, Marquise Lee. Yeah, how about this? Uh, PPR points, Ebron or Lee. <laughs> okay, Lee. wait, hold on. Do I get FFPC scoring? Sure. Yeah, all, right, all right, all right. So uh, straight up, yeah. no no points, Brad. Right. I, uh, I got five on Eric Ebron. Yeah, I'll take Marquise Lee for that. How much do you have on it? Five. God, I'm sorry. I don't do the point. Sorry, we let it play a little bit longer than. Uh, how do you not know the protocol at this point? How many? <laughs> I got five on on it wagers that we made. Uh, so good. I feel good about Ebron. Um, and Marquise Lee just went in the thirteenth round. So you're getting like a a five round value here, Balky. Yeah. If uh, if um, this I'm is really, accurate, I'm really helping you. Out. I'm Lance trying to trying to get you a little money back. Lance already chimed in. Lee by thirty plus. So he is definitely on on. Uh, he does like Lee though. So well, I mean, I mean, Alan Robinson and Julius Thomas are still there. Of course, you can make the case Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate are still there in Detroit. So we'll oh, see who's, what happens. Who's this Calvin character? Anyway, um, <laughs> we were talking about David Fowler's team, oh, yeah. and that was Charles Eric Johnson. Charles Johnson. We talked about him a little bit earlier. What do you make of the Giants' running back situation, Dave? Andre Williams goes here to David Fowler at the ten oh three. I'm trying to find Rashad Jennings. Oh, he goes in the sixth round in this draft, and it's then a probable auto, and as a probable auto, and then Shane Vereen. Uh, I know he's gone. Yeah, he wants uh, – where did he go? People people at home are are screaming. Like, <laughs> he went he right ready. here. Uh, he went to Draft Sharks in the seventh. Okay, so sixth round for Jennings, seventh round Vereen, and then uh, tenth round for Andre Williams. You know what I can – let me just pipe, pipe in. You okay. know what I'm going to say about that? Uh, at least one of those three players is going to be a waste of a pick and possibly two out of the three. And I don't really want to deal with which one it is. So enjoy those players, guys, and good luck. Very similar situation to the Cleveland Browns backfield, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, for redraft purposes, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess if Duke Johnson is the cheapest for Cleveland, I'm taking him because I think he's the most right. talented and he's the cheapest. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. What about for the Giants? 
Um, You're probably not paying the price that it costs to get Vereen or Jennings, I'm assuming. I mean, you know, if Vereen's going, I mean, again, I haven't really read up on the Giants. Right. And what they, I haven't really heard what the GM's saying or what the, you know, Coughlin's saying. You know, uh, who but if Jennings is the starter, I would probably not be, not mind taking Jennings like a half round or a round earlier than Vereen, even as the, because okay. even if Vereen is the PPR back. You know, we do a wealth of knowledge at our disposal with a resident Giants fan. Yeah, I'll have to ask Alex. And yeah. see what he is. Uh, Dave, uh, <laughs> I really think uh, I like uh, Vereen this year. I think he's going to do uh, really good. And uh, Williams, uh, I'm staying away from Williams. I, I I just don't see how he's going to be any kind of uh, fantasy relevant this year in, in fantasy football. <laughs> so I, that's just not going to happen. Pretty good. All right, thank you. Moving on to – I don't think there's anything else you want to talk about David Fowler's team, right? I think we touched on oh. all the ones that – I'm just whatever. Okay, so Team 11, which is uh, Pass Me the Nut, Fred Has Osmond. It, hasn't anyone what? called in, or are you just not checking? No, phone? I checked it. Right. But listen, this is an intense call in Genesis people. And first of all, we only have 10 people at our disposal to call in because two people That's obviously true. took off. Um, pass me the number, former Hootis co-host, Fred Osman, uh, in the Blake Harrington Dynasty League, which we uh, talk so much about on this show. He was drafting from the 11 spot tonight. He takes DeMarco Murray and gets Jordy Nelson in the second. Justin Forsett and Martellus Bennett in the third and fourth. Russell Wilson, your boy. In you know, the fifth, you know, Russell Wilson went a lot later in this other draft. I thought you know, we didn't really talk about it. I thought he was yeah, a really I good didn't, value. I didn't see where he went. It was late. It was, it was a really good value okay. in, the, in the Revolution right. draft. There was like the seventh or eighth. Okay. So, and then he gets uh, TJ Yeldon as his uh, number three running back in the sixth round. It's a little later for Yeldon. That's good. Nelson Agolar, 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 Aguilar, and uh, <laughs> Jordan Reed after that. Our boy Bolden, and then your boy Steve Smith Sr., and then another one, like he was using your cheat sheet, Alan Robinson, <laughs> right after that. And then you knew he wasn't using your cheat sheet because he took Max Williams. And then Alfred Blue, uh, out of the blue, in the 13th round. So what do you make of, uh, of Fred's uh, team construction here? Any picks that stand out to you uh, looking at this, besides Wilson? You know, actually, I like his team a bit. I mean, I can't really even – I like. I want to pick on one of his picks, but I really – I can't. I mean – I thought I like Forsett. Uh, Bennett's fine. I mean, Russell Wilson is, a, I guess, a tad bit early, but I thought he got good value on Yellen. Uh, Aguilar is not bad in the late seventh, and then uh, Jordan Reed. You know, if Washington does anything, he's a you know, he's a pass catching back. I really I like Reed better than I like Ebron, and I I think he's at least as good, if not better, than Delaney Walker. So I mean, I I, I don't mind you know I don't mind his draft. I love the uh, Bolden pick, and Allen Robinson is a second year receiver in the eleventh round with Bortles. With I mean, Brandon, I know he's with Bortles, but no, I'm actually saying that as a positive. Yeah, but I mean, if you look at the, in the 11th round, let's look at the wide receivers who got picked before Allen Robinson: Cody Latimer, Dante Moncrief, Kenny Stills, Kendall Wright. Which maybe I could argue Kendall Wright, but Devontae Adams, Terrence Williams, Allen Robinson. I would rather have maybe Kendall Wright and then Allen Robinson next. Actually, I mean, the, the other guys don't even have a, a path to playing time as a certainty. You know what I mean? I guess Terrence Williams is starting, but. I just don't like him at all. It, I'm, I'm going to scroll down on the screen here a little bit. I'll, I'll do it. Don't worry about it. Um, but I want you to talk about three Jacksonville pass catchers, Allen Robinson, Julius Thomas, and Mark Easley. If you were to rank them uh, as far as strict fantasy points, no matter where they're going in drafts, how do you see those three finishing the season this year? You don't have to give me final numbers, but just tell me the order in, in which their fantasy points will be. For me, I say Allen Robinson first, absolutely. And then I would say... Julius Thomas and Lee, I think, could be kind of close. Um, but I, I would probably still have to take Marquise Lee. I just bet on Marquise Lee. So, I got, you know, I, I got to roll with Lee Balky. Uh, Julius Thomas, I, I, 
he's it's, he's been interesting. He's kind of a polarizing figure. He went really early in this draft. He went really later, and we still picked on the pick in the other draft. So I don't know. I I, I guess I just can't really say anything other than Allen Robinson is number one. And so, well, Dave, I totally agree with you there. That, <laughs> that was uh, ma- magic of uh, radio, ladies and gentlemen. Um, anyway, uh, but I, I'm on board. You know, I wasn't really a Robinson guy. I think I am now, and I owe you uh, for that. A couple of things I want to point out about uh, uh, about um, Fred's team here. Steve Smith Sr. and Max Williams. So you don't get Perriman, at least yet. And he gets that that the the Ravens sort of, you know, ostensibly what could be their top two targets in that pass offense. Mm-hmm. You can make the case that maybe Forsett will get more targets, but he's not getting a point and a half per catch like Max Williams will. Yeah, and, and Trustman has proven that he throws the tight ends. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And Steve and Steve Smith and Bolden, two old receivers that nobody wants to take that you know are going to put up good numbers. And what does he spend on him? He gets uh, Smith in the 10th and he gets uh, uh, Bolden in the 9th. Yeah, solid Smith, values. Smith fell off last year at the end of the year, but I mean, he was great early on. You just don't, you don't know for sure that he's going to suck. I think Bolden's just fine. I think he's great. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think it's a great pick. Who was I talking about? Who was a big Roy Helu fan? Was that Jared Smolin from Draft Sharks? Uh, I don't know. Was I, I think it was. He's, 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 he's been a fan of his since he comes into the NFL. I think that's another good pick uh, in the 14th round, for God's sake. Our buddy pass Scott, catcher. Scott Atkins always liked Roy. He, he was, oh, really? Yeah, I didn't realize that. Um, the uh, last great running back to come out of Nebraska, uh, Samira Abdullah, apparently. <laughs> yep. So there you go. Um, but yeah, all in all, a, a solid, uh, solid job by, by Fred there in, in assembling that team. I don't, I wouldn't have taken Wilson where he did, but you know, my proclivity for not liking quarterbacks. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. His team's pretty good. Team 12, Jason Tapley, the bada bingers, apparently always picking out of the 12 spots. So he should have a good team. I should ask he's him used how many times he gets this 12 pick. Has he brought this up? No, I just, I don't know. I get this feeling that the bottom bingers always get screwed in as well. No, no, not be. that it's a bad spot. I mean, I guess he's used to drafting it. It is not a bad spot. Can you scroll up? Can you be a lamb, Dave, and scroll up a little bit there? No, Thank I missed you. That we got to so bring long. that up. Do you, you missed it? <laughs> no. Really? All right. Well, then it's I'll. like I miss herpes breakouts. Okay. Well, maybe I'll have to. <laughs> we talk about, you know, good picks on. on so in scrolling the draft. up, like, is this up? Yeah, is that that's good. That's good. I just wanted to see who the first pick was. So he takes Jimmy Graham. In the first round at 112, a guy was going at the 101 a lot of drafts last year, but he's not in New Orleans. He's in Seattle. What do you make of yes? What do you make of Jimmy Graham in that offense with Russell Wilson throwing to him? Which I mean, I don't know what the drop off is between Breeze and Wilson. I know what the drop off is in offenses, offensive philosophy between how many times Seattle's going to hoist the ball as opposed to how many times New Orleans did last year. Um, you also have. Um, you don't have a, a Brandon Cooks really uh, in that offense. You don't have a um, Kenny Stills in that offense. So what do you make Jimmy Graham this year? I think Jimmy Graham is going to catch a lot of touchdowns with Seattle. I think he will have less targets just because they throw the ball a lot less. But Wilson is such a great – really is a great quarterback. I mean, he's really fantastic. If he was in an offense like the Saints, where the, you know, the old offense where they were throwing so many more times, I think Wilson could put up equal numbers to Breeze. I think he's just as good but they just don't do it as much. So, I mean, I, like I said, I think they're going to open it up a little bit more. I think they will throw it more than they have in the past. I think I, I think Graham's going to have a good season. Give me the over-under on these three uh, numbers. I'm oh. give you. Jimmy, Jimmy Graham uh, is on the season, 75, over-under. Um, 
I'll go over, but just barely. Okay. 950 receiving yards over or under. I'll take over. And 12 touchdowns. I, you know, I said a lot of touchdowns, but I'll still take under because that 12 is a lot. Okay. So you're like maybe 80 catches, 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns. That's a really good season, man. It is a good season. I think that's right around where he goes. Worth a first-round pick in this format. Because I mean, Graham's had seasons better than that back in the day. Right. He did. But, I mean, again, we well, we'll see what happens with the Seattle offense, but I, I don't I don't know, man. They've never really had a weapon like this before. I mean, he's better than Golden Tate, you know? Yes. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Uh, second round pick was Calvin. Uh, so he takes Calvin at the 201. Follows that up with Melvin Gordon as the first rookie off the board, I believe. Yes, that is verified. At the 312, Kelvin Benjamin goes the pick after that. Pair of runbacks in the fourth, uh, excuse me, in the fifth and sixth round. Jonathan Stewart and Frank Gore. Geriatric running backs. Geriatric running backs. How do you balance out geriatric running backs? With young receivers. He takes Kevin White with the pick after that, Delaney Walker, and then Cam Newton is his starting quarterback that he nabs in the ninth round. Brashad Perriman uh, goes, am I looking at this right? He went one pick before Steve Smith. Wow. Okay. So Perriman goes and then Steve Smith. Now Davis, Devontae Freeman are the running backs he takes after Perriman. Uh, Brian Quick, another Blake Carrington special for Balky, uh, <laughs> and then John Brown is those are some interesting. The, those late, are interesting those picks. It was at the last. Okay, so that is the last one after. Actually, let me just pipe in. I like Devonta Freeman in the twelfth. I mean, I, I think that's nice. You know yeah. what I mean? Because he, yeah. you know, Where Kevin did, Coleman could suck. I mean, who knows? Freeman could be awesome. And in that spot, it's like it's a bargain. All right, I will say this about Tevin Coleman, Devonte Freeman. Uh, there should not be a distance. Yeah, look of, at that. That's crazy. At the, okay, what is that? The six six oh eight? Yeah, 6.08. 6.08, 12.01. So, I mean, you're talking about five and a half rounds of difference. There should not be five and a half rounds of I difference agree with between that. those two. I, I think it would have – I mean, I think retrospectively in the 11th round um, that the franchise had taken Freeman and been fine. I mean, he took stills, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, and he got a good pick with Duke Johnson. I, I'll give him that. But I mean, it's it's nice to be able to back up Coleman. If you're taking Coleman that early, protect the guy. Yeah. No, that's that. You make a you make a good point. Jason's team overall. I don't know if there's any picks I want to single. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's talk about Kevin White a little bit. I know we're going to talk a lot about coming up next week uh, that we're going to have on the show. Hmm. Well, you don't. Yeah, you don't even know him yet. Um, we'll talk about Kevin White in a little bit. I want to take this phone call right now here and bring this guest on the show. Okay, you got you are on the oh we got two callers now. You're on the high stakes fantasy football hour with Balky and Dave. Who is this? Hi right, guys, it's Smurf. Smurf. Hey Christian man, what's going on? Hey, I told you we like a good Christian. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, you know, good draft. We're, uh, we're having a great time. We're having a great time uh broadcasting the uh the draft tonight. Uh you take uh Julio Jones to kick off your draft and a bunch of receivers there. Uh, talk a little bit of strategy and getting those four receivers right away for your draft tonight. Uh, well, I, you know, even before a draft spot, I was picking Julio no matter what. I just happened to get the two. So, um, and then um, it just went running back heavy really quick. So, uh, I guess I was looking for CJ at the end of the second or Hill, and they went. So Jeffrey was good value there, and I love Evans in the third. Then, kind of the same thing happened with Matthews in the fourth, but. Yeah, I'm fine with that. You look at the uh, the running backs uh, that you take. Uh, obviously, we talked about the Spiller pick one. Talk a little bit about Amir Abdullah uh, competing for playing time with Joyke Bell this year. How do you see out? Do you think 
uh, Abdullah ends up being the back to own? And and do you think uh, point at the season, if you think he's going to start, do you think that happens? Um, yeah, well, you know, we're in dino, dino, dino mode right now. So, uh, this, this draft has been hard for me, but, uh, yeah, I like him a lot. Um, I mean, I'm a bell owner and a lot of, you know, a lot of my dynasty. So I kind of look at it both sides, but yeah, unfortunately I, I like Amir. I think he could be a lead back and, uh, might take some time, but I, I think he'll have an impact this season. You know, it may be, a uh, do you know, Barney Bernard role or, something along those lines, but um, I definitely think they'll get him in there. So uh, I'm fine with him, you know, towards the back half there. Christian Warikas, the fantasy Smurf, drafting out of the uh, six, or excuse me, the second pick uh, tonight. Uh, Christian, the, the other thing I, I want to bring up, uh, talk about the Titans running backs here, because you take Bishop Sankey uh, with the second to last pick in the 10th round. David Cobb went two picks before that. If you had your choice between those two, who and you were going to take a Titans running back, who would you have taken between Cobb and Sankey? Yeah, I was hoping for Cobb. <laughs> so I don't like Sankey. <laughs> I don't like Sankey at all. I just was, you know, it's okay. I mean, just kind of okay value. I mean, who knows? You know, if they stick with, you know, Sankey, I think it's, it'll be one of those situations on one outplaying the other. So, um, you know, uh, it's the least. I have a shot because my running backs are weak, so I got to take a couple of stabs. And, you know, I, I know Dave's big in McKinnon, and I like McKinnon too, but we don't, you know, assuming AP's back there. But, you know, anything can happen. You know, the one pick I really loved, I love Ryan Tannehill. I was just going to talk about that. That is round. filthy. You wait on quarterback that long, and then you get Tannehill in the 13th with Stills and Jennings and Cameron and, and was, Landry and Parker. QB8 or QB9 last. Uh, Christian, you have to love that pick right there that he was still available for you. Yeah. Um, see, yeah, I guess, um, I mean, I just started to wait once, once uh, you know, the the running backs were gone. I just kept waiting and waiting, and then uh, yeah, I was I was kind of targeting him there, and you know, happy to have him. I mean, you know, be interesting. To I mean, he obviously won't go there. I don't think in regular redraft, so he'll he'll go much higher. At least I think, at least in tenth round, maybe eleventh. But um, yeah, I like you know, he's a good uh, lot of upside. Christian Warikis, the fantasy smurf high stakes fantasy footballer tonight. Christian, I, I got to tell you, this is the first live draft we have for the FFPC this year. Any surprises, anything standing out as far as maybe a run or some trends or maybe players going uh, earlier or later than you thought they would? Um, no, I mean, I, I kind of had a feeling, you know, last year, you know, you could flip basically where you see, I mean, I'm just looking at green here at the running backs. It's, you could flip the yellow with green basically. Um, you know, because much more receivers last year. So I think um, I think a trend's going to be you're going to see people trying to hit on the one or two backs uh, early and then picking up receivers later. Um, you know, I, I think last year you saw a lot of people going receiver heavy, you know, early. And uh, so I, I think that's one. Um, you know, I was surprised Jamal fell to the, to the eight spot. Um, you know, a lot of good teams looking pretty good, but you know, a lot will change in four months before the season even starts. But um, no, I mean, it's you know, uh, you know, just interesting to see where rookies are going right now. That's kind of fun. Um, 
you know. So, uh, you know, that's all I can kind of see. So, Christian, who do you uh, who you, give us a rookie sleeper since you're into the dynasty thing? You know, Balky and I, we need a little help here in the Carrington League. Well, Dave does. I'm, I'm good. I need uh, a rookie sleeper, my guy. Um, you know, I don't know. It's fun. I, I like May better than September. I think it's that you know people are missing out. People don't know. Uh, but anyway, I mean, I do like Amir. I, I'll be honest, but he's not really a sleeper. Um, you know, I guess you know going deeper. Um, oh man, uh, on the spot. <laughs> right. um, you know, uh, you know, it's interesting where the, the kind of, uh, you know, in the beginning of the second round, you're probably going to have a couple of these backs, whether Coleman falls there and Duke Johnson and then, uh, and then David Johnson of Arizona and David Cobb. So you're going to have a, a, and one of those is going to hit, you know, uh, I would say, you know, I like David Johnson from Arizona. I, you know, I know, I know they came out and sold on. You know, they're all Ellington's still the guy, but I liked. I had David Johnson really high um, even before the draft, so I'm going to kind of stick with my guns there. So, you know, he would be one that you can get. You know, he's going to go somewhere in the second round there. Um, yeah, like mid second usually. Yeah, but uh, you know. Uh, it's going to be fun, that's for sure. It's going to be, you know, it's interesting. I, I'm already in a couple, a couple start a couple of drafts already, and it's it's this, you know, it's going to be the top four, and then at number five, it's going to go all over the place. So, um, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, you know, it always there. is a lot of, it always is a lot of fun that, and that for people who haven't played Dynasty at all, it, just join a league. It's it's a lot of fun, Christian. Uh, uh, can uh, definitely uh, share his uh, opinions on that because you are quite the accomplished player. Christian, thanks for chiming in tonight. I want to talk to a couple other owners before we sign off, but good luck the rest of the way. Thanks, guys. Later. Christian Warikis, the Dynasty Smurf, joining us on the show tonight. And now I'm going to bring on the 770-770. You're on the air with Dave and Balky on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Hello, Balky. Hey, Dave. How y'all doing? We're 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 Uh-oh. we're we're, <laughs> we're we're doing very excellent. How are you doing this fine evening? I'm I'm doing very well. My name is uh, John Duckworth, and this is the first draft I've ever done. <laughs> you sound sober. This I, is disappointing. I got to tell you, John, if this is the first draft you've ever done, I I need to take notes from you because you are crushing it. <laughs> Whatever. No, no, I, I'm not crushing it. <laughs> let's let's talk. For, let's let's talk about this, John. The, the first pick I want to talk about is is the the 212 Julius Thomas a lot of people ding him um because he's not playing with Peyton Manning he's playing with with Blake Bortles this year take him at the end of the second um obviously you don't think there's gonna be much of a drop-off well um I still view him as the number three tight end of I I don't know that I've ever gone into a draft less prepared than I've gone into this one tonight and and that shows (laughs) um (laughs) Obviously, his ADP was much lower, and I could have gone a different way uh, and gotten him later, and uh, that was probably a swing and a miss. What about and I mean, so we love the Kelsey pick at three, but then you take Macklin at four. Do you think that that was like just was was there sort of a strategy of like trying to get the the I can't believe I'm saying this the Kansas City passing uh, points no, there? No, no, no. I mean, there's no strategy in trying to get. Two Alex Smith targets. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I like I, I like Kelsey a lot, 
And when it came back down to the end of the fourth round, Macklin was just far and away the highest-rated guy I had left. I mean, in hindsight, I'd do a few things differently. I really liked uh, C.J. Spiller. I think he's going to catch a lot of passes this year, kind of play that Darren Sproles role. And uh, I missed him. I've had quite a few misses. Uh, Nelson broke my heart late. I really thought I could get Ryan Williams in about the 16th or 17th round. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and I honestly believe that he's going to end up being the handcuff to uh, McIndry that I took in the sixth. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. We'll, uh, we'll see how it shakes out. But, you know, the, the, this has been far from a great draft for me. But, I'm you know, I love it. You know, it's first draft of the year, and I'm looking – through all the drafters, and I think I'm now the last surviving member from the original Genesis draft. The, well, God bless you. Grand, Grandpa Genesis, John Duckworth. Yes, God bless <laughs> you indeed. John, we, I want to thank you. Uh, for We got we got a couple more calls I want to get to in the next uh, couple minutes, but thanks for chiming in tonight, man. Good luck uh, Good luck the rest of the way in Genesis. You can talk to you. All righty, guys. Y'all take care. Good to talk to you. See you. John Duckworth, of course, the War Kittens. Uh, always fun to talk to him. Let's talk to the 215. Caller, you're on the air. Hello, boys. This is Tree Huggers. I'm very angry. Why are you – this Todd Hunter, by the way, is, jo- is We're joy- not even covering your draft. Why, why Get are you, lost. Are you, are you, are you, are you, are you used <laughs> angry. to uh, – I'm very angry. First of all, Tony T sounds like he's drafting the best team he ever had, and I don't think he's even in that Genesis draft, is he? He's asleep right now. That's <laughs> oh, Super. Well, it's uh, very late here on the East Coast. So listen, you know, this guy has been defending the Genesis group forever. You know, don't let this person in. We have to go first. And Duckworth just says accurately, it's a bunch of strangers in there. What the hell's going on? Very angry. Very cool people, though. Yeah, cool people. They are. I'm sure they're cool people. Um, By the way, I'm drinking old man beer, Miller Lite. And so it's, uh, I'm I'm very angry. Did I mention my anger? And here's another question talking yes. about the uh, group of people in Genesis. Is there somebody actually another person from Appleton State in Wisconsin in that league? Yes, there's more people than two in this city. So, to be fair, he's moving to De Pere, Wisconsin in, in, oh. uh, next month. So so De he's Pere. moving up more more towards uh, Packers country. Yeah, they, they have accents up there unlike us. I don't think they have accents. Speaking of accents, I love that Duckworth call. But wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I just want to ask, what percentage of the people who live in Appleton between this Rob guy who's in my dino league, you two jokers, <laughs> the new Genesis person, who is, is like the mayor going to be in next year? Are there, how many people are up there? 10, 12? Well, here, here, here's the thing, Todd. We, we have to expand the FFPC somehow. So we're literally just going door to door and yeah. just saying, would you, would you please play FFPC? We, we do year? actually charge these people. They're not, they're not like yeah. cops or anything. This isn't like uh, uh, you know, we charge them like more, people, actually. This isn't W Corp over here. <laughs> like the people who sit in the seats of the Oscars to go around and just try they, to get you fill the seats. Yeah. We don't pay for the house. They're, te- they're team fillers. Is, is I got it. That's what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Team fillers instead uh. of league fillers instead of seat fillers. Last point, because Christian called uh, the Smurfs. He uh, Quick little vignette in a, another one of your competitors. Nobody's as good as you guys, but one of your competitors he uh, they asked for people to submit possible names for some contest they were having. And Christian wrote on the chat room, release the Kraken. And the guy wrote back, I think we need something a little more mainstream, comma, Christian. And I think it was silent for like a week because it read 
we need a little something more mainstream Christian. So I think Dave <laughs> hit on something there. That's right. He got, he, he got his good Christian caller. I'm not sure it is exactly what he was hoping for. I, I uh, that is hilarious. And as a uh, journalism major, I actually appreciate that. Nice. That's that makes a lot of sense. Hey, Todd, I thanks so to much for joining. Help you out. All right, kids. We get, we got to fly. Thank you. Thank you. Tree huggers. That was uh, Todd Hunter. Uh, my apologies uh, to everyone. We could not get to tonight. Sorry, uh, 703. We only have one minute left in the show, so we got to go. Call in next week. Call in next week, and we'll talk to you. Speaking of next week, Dave, we will be back on at our next week. We will be on at uh, 10, 9 central. Uh, we are going to be on with the return of Ashley and Allie. Mike oh, Sheffer is going yeah, nice. to be on the show. We're going to talk dynasty with him next week. Do you have his daughter on? Uh, I don't know. We'll find out. I want to thank Ron Meyer, Christian Warikas, John Duckworth, Todd Hunter, all for calling in and hanging out. Thanks to Bridgestone Tire, Gatorade, FedEx, the FFPC, our producer, mutual friend, Rob, audio engineer, Bryce, and most of all, all of you listeners. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, you're, remember, happy Mother's Day. Your weekend this starts now. This has been now. another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I look good, I look good, I look exactly the way you wish you could. I look good, I look good, I look good. Come on. Joe said that I'm the best in the West.